following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-hosts, yes, live, large, and in charge. First and foremost, the cannonball, Alex Steele. Alex, welcome to the show. hey What's going on, everybody? And sitting also next to my left, uh, the very irritated, very grumpy, very <laughs> agitated by my Jameer Gibbs hate. <laughs> welcome to the show. Once I was seven years old, my mama told me, get some friends or you'll be lonely. That's why I got Alex and Scotty with me. <laughs> but Walker is the OG. Bootleg better. Who better to be? Oh, Jesus. He oh, did. man. <laughs> it's like, there you go. That's smooth. Yeah. Smooth like, like peanut butter, baby. Yeah. Outside Blitz karaoke. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I, I mean, shoot, I sang the Lions fight song last week. <laughs> that's, that's fair. I may do it again this week. Spoiler alert. Yeah, uh, what a uh, what a tough uh, situation that turned out to be for me. But folks, uh, that was painful. It was painful. Ah, but, ears are still bleeding. Yeah, yeah, brutal. But uh, folks, uh, welcome to the show. We we've got uh, week. 15 or no, yeah, week 16 in the books. Week 16. Yeah, we got two weeks. We left. only got two weeks left, kids. Two weeks left. Week 18 around the corner with all the playoff implications. That's one of the best football days of the year. Week 18, by the way. Yeah. That is Some that is juicy matchups that day, too. More on that in a second. Yeah, juicy brisket. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be doing my, my barbecue, baby. That's where all it's right. at. Scotty Smoker. But, yeah, buddy. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna have, uh, we're gonna have some uh, playoff implications going on in Week 18. There's there's a lot of stuff, as we put it, juicy matchups. Just yeah. just some fun stuff going on. Ripping. Yep. But for now, but, <laughs> but for now, we've had some uh, <clears throat> some interesting stuff go on this week. It was uh, a fun one to say the least. Uh, I, I got to tell you, my ass is just chapped from Amari Cooper. This week, <laughs> but we were talking about it off the air. I, oh, just my god! Oh, my god! Oh, I I got spanked like foghorn leghorn spanking the dog. I say, I say, sometimes you have game. Yeah, you, you sometimes you have the player that has that game. He waited all year. Yeah, and then said, "Oh look, yeah, look, fantasy football. Scotty's on the other side. I'm oh. just gonna go off. Oh man, just go off." <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at that stat line, and my eyes are popping out of my head. I was watching the, I was watching the game, and 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 he he was struggling to to continue, but he knew what kind of game he was having, so yeah. he was going to stay out there. Yeah, that's why. That well, that's why he missed Thursday's game. Yeah, that's he. He spent. He could have. He could have. He could have evaporated the Brown Browns' hopes of a deep playoff run. It sounds like, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. he's he's uh. And they didn't need him against the Jets. No, mind you. No, <laughs> no they didn't. <laughs> and Joe Flacco has been something else, hadn't he? Right. This mm-hmm. year, 
Dan Flacco, just the Browns are beating you with the ugly face. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, to say the least. The I, ugly face. You know the ugly face, right? Yeah. You know, when that player, Dante, he just looks in the camera. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> is that the sound? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's exactly what this is. I mean, who would have thought in today's NFL that at week 12, Joe Flacco would start, you know, four weeks later, oh, he could be the NFL comeback player of the year. Well, yeah. I At, it, yeah. at 38 yeah. years old, playing right. off the couch. Yeah. Playing yeah. off the, the Peloton. Yeah. Play, playing on the level that he's playing. You know, yeah. and, and every now and then you, you always see a, a veteran guy just pop up. Yep. And and that's Joe Flacco. Yep. That's Joe that's, Flacco this yep. year. That's Flacco this year. Yeah, that was uh, uh, the backup for Kansas City. Just retired. I'm sorry, Alex Smith. No, uh, from Michigan. Oh uh, Jesus, yeah, his name is Chad Henney. Chad, Chad Henney. Thank, Thank you, Alex. Yeah, Chad Henney. He he had those pop up <clears throat> games at the end of the year. You know, pop you for three. That you know, for two three yeah. games, and you know, carry the Chiefs. Into the playoffs, or yeah, into or, the next or, or Mahomes goes down, and yeah, you know the the dislocating the kneecap one was, you know, yeah. he had a, a three four game span there. Mahomes was out. Yeah, here comes Chad Henney, just yeah. doing whatever the hell he feels like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he beat hell. He beat the Vikings in that stretch. Yeah, everybody's got, you know, you want that, you need that. But yeah. Flacco was on that run. You know, they say he stays in shape. So when you do that, when you're that type of quarterback, you're staying in shape. You're not hurt. Yeah, right, or yeah. you know, and, and you can still go. Hey, man. No, no. Do you, do you think it? Do you think at this point, if you, if you're the Cleveland Browns, do you think you're considering? Ugh. Yeah, you you've got <laughs> the ugly you, You've got Joe Flacco on your roster right now, right? Thirty-eight mm-hmm. Joe Flacco, and you got this Deshaun Watson situation mm-hmm. where, where he's on oh, that, man. that monster oh, contract. Don't even, don't even do it. Don't. <laughs> I mean, it, you know. <clears throat> At this point, if you're the Browns, uh-huh. are, are, are you really considering going back to Deshaun Watson? I know you paid them. Oh, that's – see? That's that's going to be fo- the tough thing. Follow the money. Uh, yeah. Got to follow the money. And this is a situation that I would never want to be in. And this is why the Browns are the Browns. Yep. Yep. <laughs> organizational, <laughs> organizational failure. Exactly. <laughs> yep. You, you and I are in lockstep, sir. Man, but hey, if if they do the the uh, take the impossible, the, the hot take you had over the over the uh, over the weekend, Scott, what's that? Winning the Super Bowl? Oh man, that you yeah. you put it out there. The the uh, the more I see them play, the more I and, and that was that was uh, uh, the for Thursday night game. The more I see that Browns team play, yeah. and the more I watch Joe Flacco do what he's doing, yeah. The more this team looks Super Bowl worthy, I said they're dangerous. You said that they could win. This, the Super Bowl. Yeah, this this is getting now, it's getting a little nerve wracking. Now, if they do win the Super Bowl, then the Deshaun Watson situation won't matter. It'll yeah. go away. No one yeah. will care. <clears throat> no one will. So, no. so <laughs> you hear that, Browns? Win the Super Bowl, and nobody <laughs> will care about the awful contract that you offered Deshaun Watson. Yeah, and and what's, I want to talk but, about awful contracts. More on that too. Uh, yeah, but I, I mean, just I, I look at the Cleveland Browns, and and that team is is looking scary enough, and they're hot enough right now. What's what's crazy is you remember a few years back. Well, it's more than a few years back now, but it, when the the Giants won the Super Bowl last, and they started the season, what it was, it was like one and seven, 
You know, it was it was just terrible. They started the season awful. Mm-hmm. And they came into the last eight games of the year, and Eli Manning got stupid hot. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it was the Packers in, yeah. in, in Lambeau. Yep, goes goes into the playoffs, kicks, yeah. the, kicks the shit out of Atlanta in, in the first round, right. right? Goes and beats the Packers in Lambeau. Goes mm-hmm. to the Super Bowl. I, mm-hmm. I mean, just and beats Sh- Tom Brady. Shrugs off. I thought he was sacked. For, I'm watching the play develop, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a sack. Oh, no, Eli, oh, no, that's going to be a sack. Yeah. And he got rid of the ball. Right. And and a lot of people, you know, they will, will try and discount Eli Manning's performances. You, you can't. He got hot at the right yeah, time. Yeah, he got hot at the right time. And that's what's happening in Cleveland right now is Joe Flacco, strangely enough, is getting hot at the right time. And that Browns defense always been hot. He's but, healthy. He's rested. Yep. And he's and he's he's a smart veteran quarterback. Yeah. Who has always had a really good deep pass. Yeah. And that that defense is and and that's one thing you're you're absolutely right about. He's always had a good deep pass. He's had a big arm. Yeah. That's one thing about Joe Flacco. And, and that's and, where the play action. Yeah. Can destroy teams. And I also want to credit for that Browns team. Jerome Ford looks like a world beater. Yeah. You know, and and yeah. so like I I just see how that run that that run game is. Mm-hmm. I had you had Amari Cooper playing, and and even with Amari Cooper out this last week, Joe Flacco looked good. Yeah. So I mean, it's man, I got yeah. I got a lot of and, and their guys go down, and other guys are stepping up. David and Joku stepped up on Thursday. David and Joku has now been, as they say, unlocked. Yeah, they figured <laughs> right finally because finally. hey, unlocked. Hey. You've got a, a, an excellent athlete and tight end at the position, so why not use him? Yeah. Deshaun Watson did not. No. Right? P.J. Walker forgot. Yep. And and here's Joe Flacco. Who like, knows exactly what to do. And look at the tight end performances in Baltimore when we when Flacco was there. Right. Right? Right. And look at when he was with the Jets. Tyler Conklin w- was looking good. Yeah, Joe he, Flacco has always thrown the ball to the tight, tight end, end. Yep. and has a, a good up uh, seam seam ball. Yeah. And, and that's, that's – you know, it's gotten interesting for for uh, uh, the Browns here, they, mm-hmm. and and they're they're double digit wins here. We're talking playoffs already. Playoffs, they're, they're, playoffs, they're clinched. Playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's gotten interesting. It definitely uh, has. And and no, 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 no. It's gotten ugly. Yeah, and and you know, it's what what would be what's scary to me about this whole situation, and I don't know how it's going to turn out, but those divisional teams always take each other take each other on and it's a, it's just a weird game yeah. every time especially in that division yeah and i see browns i see ravens and i see a crash course <clears throat> and wouldn't it be something if joe flacco trotted into baltimore again and beat and beat him <laughs> tyler would not be able to sleep for a month yeah Ty- tyler would would man oh god <laughs> you, you, he would throw up in his mouth a little. There would be a problem. A little. You better hope that that seat cushion doesn't have an opening in the back. Man, yeah. love you, buddy. They yeah. moved Flacco out of town for Lamar Jackson. And then what if Flacco beats him? Wow. Oh, man, wouldn't that be something? Stephen A. Smith put it this way. You know, if you really want to be a great quarterback, have Patrick Mahomes the second take you home. Have have a Josh Allen send you home. If yeah. Joe Flacco sends Lamar Jackson home and on the couch, whoo, bad news. And it's going to be a that is going. I don't think people this is a different Lamar now. 
Yeah. There, well, this is this is a, a matchup. You know, if you if you look at the playoff picture and you look at the idea that the Browns could take on the Baltimore Ravens in the playoffs, imagine like it's a pretty heavyweight matchup there. Believe it or not, you know, Flacco's playing some of the best ball that he's played. Uh, And then you got Lamar playing some of the best ball he's played. You've got two strong offensive lines. You got two strong defenses. You got two quarterbacks that are elevating receivers. I would give the Browns the edge in the receiver department with Amari Cooper. I don't think the Browns struggle to run the ball now. Suddenly they've lost a lot on the, on the offensive line. So they've changed on the fly, right. so to speak. And, they, and they've, they've, they've had to alter, but they, that's the thing. They've altered. It's they've working. They've succeeded. Yeah, that's working. Yeah. You know, uh, they, I mean, these are, are both teams yeah. that are well-rounded. Not to Jadavion Clowney goes yeah. from the Browns, Browns to, to the, the Ravens. Ravens. Yeah. These are teams that are, are very similar to each other. It's getting exciting for playoff time. I hope that these teams have a crash course. Mm-hmm. I really want to see Browns versus Ravens. I, I, I think that that game might be a game of the week situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and <clears throat> most people are going to lean Ravens, but I mean, mm-hmm. on, I mean, they, they're Depends both on where it is. Yeah. And they're both pretty evenly matched on paper. Yeah. So, I mean, and it, it if it's going to happen, it's happening in Baltimore because uh, all roads right now in the AFC go through Baltimore. So, I mean, you know, it's well, <laughs> it's interesting. It is. But we do have scores around the league. Um, and we'll, we'll be Enough of that. Yeah, we'll, we'll be talking more about the playoff picture in a moment here, but we, we got to jump into these scores. Uh, fellas, here are our scores for Week 16 in the NFL. Starting out with the Rams and the Saints. The Rams go out and beat the Saints 30-22. to Matt Stafford. Looking like uh, a world beater here. 24 for 34, 328, two touchdowns. Kyron well, Williams. Booty play. <laughs> Kyron Williams, 22 carries, 104 yards and a touchdown. Puka Nakua. Poo-poo. Poo-poo. Having, yep. having one of his best games of the year. It was his best game of the year, according to Pro Football Focus. Nine receptions, 164 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you know. It's like it doesn't matter. Nah. What? It's like it doesn't matter who's there. Matthew Stafford. Is producing at a Pro Bowl level yep. once again. The the talk about his injury status and all of that aside, right? Whether he needs Tommy Johnson or whatever aside, the dude is just doing it. Yeah, yes. and, well, and think about it like this: Matt Stafford. We we just got done talking about Joe Flacco getting hot. Yeah, Matt Stafford's another one right now, yeah. red hot at the yeah. right time. And, and that Rams team that we discounted early on in the year, they started I, very slow. I said for Embry uh, Hunt, they were the proverbial fly in the ointment. Yeah, that's it. And they have flown out of that ointment, and now here we go. Yeah, and, and I, I just kind of look at, at this, this Matt Stafford situation. He has been playing some of the best football that we've seen. Uh, last year, he had a rough year. This year, he comes out, and he starts just slinging it. And he's been accurate. He's been playing mistake-free football. Yeah. He's been getting his guys involved. He's yeah. been elevating. That's yeah. that's one thing. And, and we, we always talk about quarterbacks elevating the players around. Yes. And this is one of those situations he's elevating certain guys. He's yeah. ele- I mean, even Cooper Cup is getting elevated by this. The, yeah. you know, this high level of play from Matt Stafford. Yes. Got to credit him for it. I mean, yeah. he, he is just Tyler Higby well. at the tight end spot. Yep. Uh, 2-2 Atwell when 
when called upon. When needed, Demarcus Robinson. Demarcus Robinson. Yeah. So, out of nowhere. Yeah, because Matthew Stafford getting everybody involved and the offense is, is humming. Not to mention Kyron Williams. Kyron, 22 yeah. carries. See, again, you look at the numbers, Stafford with 328, two touches. Kyron Williams, 22 carries, 104 yards and a touchdown. You you want that. This is an offense that's humming right now. Yep, Kyron Williams, fifth-round guy from Notre Dame. Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm getting it. But uh, Kyron Williams, I mean, you know, he, he's been spectacular. And you watched him in – when I saw him in week one, I said, that's a good – that's the running back. I said, that's the, he, that's the guy now. And ever since, he's been blowing up all year. He's had good numbers all year when he's been healthy because yeah. he did miss a, a four or five game stretch there. But man, what a what a running back! He's got a high motor. I mean, and and uh, Sean McVay has said he's like an energizer bunny, is what he says. Uh, Kyron yeah. Williams has been special. I keep speaking of I keep him off of special teams though. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Just, oh God. Yeah. How about that? You you keep your and that's one thing that drives me nuts. I hate seeing guys like the the Niners said Debo Samuel this past week on got a punt return. I'm like, what are you doing? Well, come on. <laughs> you doing? Come on, man. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. On the other side, Derek Carr has one of his best games of the year: 27 for 43, 19, three touchdowns. He did throw a pick in this game. Uh, Chris Olave, man. He has been quietly, you know, it, it, I feel bad for him. I yeah, feel bad because yeah. he's, he's over here on a Saints team that's very middle of the road, and he's playing at a very high level, yeah. and he has been all season long. Yeah. And and uh, really been a huge – I mean, he's been the only receiver that they, they really can rely on. No. Uh, the, the, it, was, it was telling the lack of a rush – that the uh, Saints could put up, produce against the Rams. Right. And nine, car- nine carries for 19 yards for your star running back. Yeah. yeah. That's a problem, Jack. Yeah. And what, it would, it would have also showed me was that they needed Derek Hart to produce, or especially early in the first half. Yes. On those third downs. And, and he was not able to convert early, turning the ball back to the Rams. And they come right down the field and score a touchdown. And immediately putting the Saints on backpedal and having an uphill battle and want Derek Carr to lead that comeback? No, thank you. And, and in the second half, to his credit, to his credit, he, mm-hmm. he fought. He fought. And and they, they took it down to that last drive, and they, they wound up, when it came to not cutting time, he couldn't there come you, through. There you go. When you, you needed it, he did it. But I will say that in that second half, he was uh, pretty spectacular throwing the football. He was pretty uh, – I. I was and watching. The Rams were a little lax on the defense. Maybe, right? yeah, maybe so. Right. Maybe so at that point. We but, got this. Mm-hmm. You know that we got this attitude kind of sets in, and yeah, you know. So I think the you definitely don't want it. You don't want to have one of these elite teams. You know, you, you got them on the ropes. Don't let them off. Yeah. You know, if you want to make a deep playoff run, especially given your situation, you can't have that mentality. Can't take the foot off the gas. Nope. But, I, I got to credit the Rams, though, you know, for playing as well as they did and playing as well as they have, uh, just just tearing it up. And like I said, Demarcus Robinson, six receptions, 82 yards in this game and a touchdown. I mean, just out of nowhere. Who expected Demarcus Robinson? We didn't have that on our bingo card. Nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, I didn't even was, realize he was a name on the team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the Rams, they, they keep their playoff hopes alive. I think they're in the seventh seed right now, aren't they? Or they they might be in the sixth seed now that the Vikings lost this past week. Spoiler alert. As, yep. As of now, they are eight and seven and sitting pretty at the number six seed. I, I thought that was the case. 
Uh, next up, this this one, you called this one, Boots. The Steelers go out and beat the Bengals 34-11. to What a beating. This, I, look, we, I looked at this. I'm like, what is happening? Jake Browning came back to earth. That's what yep. uh, uh, Jake Browning. He went, he went a little bit uh, you know, under the earth. Yeah, the, you know, Jake, this is a Steelers team, and I, I've talked about this defense in the past where they, they run like to run a lot of man coverage. Yeah, and that that's what happened here. They they ran a lot of man coverage, and and Jake Browning didn't know what they. I mean, he's real good at reading zone. He's real good at finding the the open spot in zone coverage. But when it came to man coverage, and when the Steelers have one of the best, yep, at the at the cover spot, yep. Joey Porter Joey Jr. Porter Jr. Yep. who shadowed T. Higgins in this game. And also, I want to I want to say uh, a guy who and and you know he's he was been on our rookie list back. But Keanu Benton was just monster just a monster in this game yeah because he had uh no showed pretty much the last couple of games yeah the last two games he fell off he yeah. fell off our list and then and then he he pops right back up because i mean he i mean he had a damn good game yeah harassing jake browning yeah. he, he was this is this is the type of game where mike tomlin <coughs> who bless you, who has the the pulse yeah of his team mm-hmm. he's got the pulse of pittsburgh he knows exactly what they need and exactly the plot to apply the pressure and win the release. And he, yep. and he got the job done. Got the defense's attention. Got the offense's attention. Mason Rudolph comes out. You know. And, <laughs> Mason Rudolph and, comes out. <laughs> and, and got oh, God. Rudolph guides Santa all the way down the chimney. I, I guess. Right. I, I mean, Mason Rudolph came out and he, I mean. And thank you for throwing the ball to George Pickett. Thank God. Whoa! Will you please? Yeah, the, you know George Pickens, four receptions, one ninety-five, two touchdowns, had the game of his life in this one. Took two. It took two quarterbacks, maybe three, to finally figure out. Just throw the ball to George Pickens. Yeah, yeah. Pickens, I'm give, sorry. Give him George Pickens. You know, get him, get him the football. Golly! It was, it was uh, really interesting to see that. And they, the, the Bengals had no answers for the run. By the way, Najee Harris, nineteen carries, seventy-eight yards, and a touchdown. He has one of his best games of the year. I mean, this Bengals team, I, I think the wheels have finally come off here. This is, yep. this is it. I, I think these guys are now cooked. I think the Browning magic is done. You should have never cooked me. Yeah, you're about to be sent down to your couch. Yeah, you're there. There's a reason <laughs> yeah. why why they cut you. You know, and, and come on. this this is very similar to that Baker Mayfield magic that we saw early on in the season. Jake Browning, the magic is worn off. He, he goes out. The two. Yeah, yeah, twenty-eight for forty-two, three thirty-five, one touchdown, three interceptions. It, it's a Josh Dobbs situation, right? But what are you talking about when we talk about backup quarterbacks? When we when we need you, we just need two to three games. Yeah, right. That's what your typical backup is going to give you: two to three games. We get our guy back, right? But if you need more than that, you're only as good as your backup quarterback. <clears throat> yeah, that's it. And and Jake Browning, I we'll see if he can rebound we'll see what happens but you know the Bengals are on life support as far as their their playoff hopes here and and Jake Browning I mean we all know I, I'm sorry I, Jake Browning ain't gonna take you to the Super Bowl no that ain't happening and, <laughs> and, and he might not even take you to the playoffs and keep in mind kids they're going on the road to Arrowhead against the Kansas City Chiefs uh, yeah time to start digging that grave Whew. Bowling shoe, ugly situation. Yeah. Who knows? With the way the Chiefs been playing, yeah, never know. That is true. That is you true. never know. Yeah, you never know. And and you know, I got to tell you, you know, it, it was pretty nice to see. 
you know, Mason Rudolph get get a little rub there, uh, you know, in this game. But Steelers keep their playoff hopes alive. Eight and seven now. They're 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 above five hundred. They go out and just dominate this game. So the Steelers up thirty four to eleven. They move into a playoff picture. Next up, the Bills go out and beat the Chargers in a weirdly close game, twenty four to twenty two. You know, Josh Allen fifteen for twenty one, two thirty seven, a touchdown and a pick. Uh, Gabe Davis was the story receiving wise. Look, guys, I got to tell you, I hate the Joe Brady system. (laughs) It's a system where we're going to get the ball to who's open when they're open. And we don't we don't care. We're not going to force the ball to any one player. We're going to get what the defense gives us. To to an extent, I I understand that. Here's my problem. Imagine having. An eighteen and a half million dollar diversion. That's what he is at this point, right? That's what Stefan Diggs has become. There is, you go. This this system has neutered Stefan Diggs. It's neutered. Five, catch, five catches, twenty nine yards. Yeah. Whew. Seriously, this this whole system has neutered Stefan Diggs. He is non-existent. You have an eighteen million dollar star on your team, and he is a star. And you're not using them for shit. Well, then what do you do with them? Just look at them. I guess. I guess. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Just look at them. If I, I don't, you know, you don't, even, don't even need a telescope for this one. I, I, I just don't understand how and why you got Stefan Diggs and you're like, well, I'm going to use you as a diversion now. Like, if I'm, if I'm Diggs, I'm looking here going, you know, hey. If they get bounced, first first and foremost, number one, they got to make it to the playoffs. Okay. A. B, if they get bounced from the playoffs, you know what I'm doing? I'm demanding a trade. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. Are they winning? There, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Can you, what can you get for him, and can you get any, can you get anything for him? Is anyone going to want him? The, the thing about, about these receivers in the NFL, these... these especially number ones. You're paying this guy $18 million a year. He doesn't... If I'm Stefan Diggs right now, and, and I'm sure he's staying quiet because they're winning. But... Yeah, but... They, yeah, 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 yeah. But that, that superstar mentality... Yeah, it'll he, come out. It's going to come out. If you know what it is. If they lose, and, and it's still... It's one of those games yeah. where I'm open, I'm open, yeah. I'm open. Especially... Right? Especially with Stefan Diggs. Yeah. We've been down yeah. this road before. Boots, you and I are Vikings fans. We've been down this road before. Mm-hmm. We've seen this. We've seen the prima donna shift. And now here we are, Stefan Diggs being used as an $18 million diversion by the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. And, and I mean, five out of his last six games have been jack shit. Yeah. So yeah. I, I just, I, you know, and now we're sitting here going, okay, well, well what are we going to do with Stefan Diggs? It, you you know what's coming. You know what's coming. They get a from the playoffs, or if they don't go to a Super Bowl, if they don't win a Super Bowl, then watch out. Yeah, watch, watch Stefan Diggs demanding a trade. Watch this Twitter bullshit start happening where he, he washes his Twitter account of everything Buffalo Bills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, watch, watch him do the childish shit that the he does. Because that's what he did in Minnesota. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm half expecting it. I'm, I really am, because I don't think the Bills are going to the bowl at this point. No. But... I'm expecting it. This is what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for a situation where where the Buffalo Bills, you know, get eliminated in the divisional round 
And then Diggs gets pissed off because, well, I, I, I'm the top receiver and you're not using me, so up yours. And then he just wipes his Twitter account of, of, of all the Buffalo Bills stuff and starts demanding a trade and doing his petty shit. And Bill, the Bills are going to try and convince him, oh, we'll be here. And you know him and Josh Allen have been having it out a little bit. So, I mean, I, you know, at least according to the rumors, they, they, they aren't pals right now. I, they fixed they after the loss to Philly. Yeah, they fi- they fixed it right, and everything's going smoothly. They barely beat the Chargers, but this yep. is one of those situations I think where because the Buffalo Bills have the Patriots this week. Yeah, I think it was a look ahead game, and they kind of got caught in, in the mush of a look ahead game in a look yeah. ahead spot. And and I also think that that I look at the Chargers for a little while in that game. And, 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 you know, the Bills came from behind in this game. The Chargers, for a minute there, were, yeah. were bodying the, the, yeah. the Bills. Yeah. I mean, Easton Stick. Easton Stick got yeah. it going. I told you I liked, I liked this game coming out of North Dakota State, right? right? He, would, he could move a little bit, but the game got too big for him too early yeah. in his first start against against those Raiders. And then it, you know, it's but it's kind of it's coming it's coming to it. Yeah, I, I so. think that it, this this had the the feeling of a trap game for the Bills, and yeah. and it almost turned almost into that. Did. Almost turned into that. And and the Chargers, man, they they gave them a run for their money there. Uh, I mean, if if and especially if you look at the score, I mean, it was fourteen to ten at halftime, and then it became four, uh, you know, 21, 21, 13 and then and then we went on from there. But in that fourth quarter, the Chargers were showing some life there. They almost yeah. tied this damn thing up. I, I just. Man, man, oh man! They they almost yeah. they almost went to overtime against the Chargers. Here. Winning winning cures all. Yeah, right. <laughs> yep. Now we'll see what happens against the Patriots. You you yeah, want to know who's, who's you know who is at the top of the receiving list? He he he's, he's he is the Tyler Lockett of the Buffalo Bills. Gabe Davis, four catches, 130 yards, and a touchdown. Why does this guy keep popping up on the stat sheet? Well, and that's the thing. If Gabe Davis has been been the benefactor of all of this. This Stephon Diggs being used as a, uh, as a diversion stuff. He, him and Dalton Kincaid have been the the guys that have been, you know, uh, benefiting from all this. And well, Dalton Kincaid well, Dawson did, Knox, yeah. and Dawson Knox too. Knox and Kincaid, both of them. And and Kincaid to you know he didn't really benefit from it in this this last game. Neither did Knox. But the game Khalil Shakir. Yeah, the games before that, Khalil Shakir has been getting getting yeah. catches. Gabe Davis has been yeah. getting catches, Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid. Steph Diggs has been the only one that hasn't been getting any of it. Like I said, he's been using it as a diversion, and James Cook for that matter. Yeah. You know? And and uh, also, by the way, making an appearance in this game, Leonard Fournette. So enjoy oh, that. Yeah. Five carries, 20 yards. Yeah. The, the, the Buffalo Bills are, again, they're spreading the ball and getting who's open. Yeah. And just give us... What the de- take what the defense is giving you and get where the ball needs to go. Yeah, yep. And then in the meantime, you know, with the Chargers, obviously we know there's going to be a changing of the guard over there this offseason. I'm I'm expecting uh, uh, big changes for for the Chargers. Austin uh, Eckler uh, gutting it out. Yeah, I, I think he's gone after this year. He's got the one year deal going on. I, I think he's he's about gone. Man, they should have uh, they should have gotten uh, Jamal Williams. Well, yeah, now, and, and that's... Think about it. The Chargers should have gotten Jamal Williams. For the Kellen Moore system? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Kellen Moore system, it almost requires a big-bodied bruiser back. Yeah. It's what it requires. Yeah. It, it doesn't require the Tony Pollard or Austin Eckler type. It requires an Ezekiel Elliott type. 
a guy that's going to get in the trenches and get his hands dirty and seek out that contact and lower yeah. that shoulder and be a downhill runner. That's what you need. The charge Kareem Hunt. Didn't yeah. Ever- Brings me to the Kareem Hunt. They should have gotten Kareem Hunt for Austin Eckler, right? And so the Chargers have, you know, ruined him. Yeah, you got it. You got to go out and you have to get a, a big-bodied runner for that Kellen Moore system, and that's that's what they're going to have to do. And I, I think there's plenty of those in this draft, by the way. There are there there are plenty of those in, in the upcoming draft, and they're going to have to look in that second round to get there. Or maybe even trade with the Vikings and go and uh, get uh, Alex Madison. Yeah. Take him. Take yeah. him. You know, you <laughs> want him to take him. You know, but but yeah, that's that's what goes on. The Bills pull one out over the Chargers. Uh, next up, the Commanders drop one to the Jets. It was a tight one, thirty to twenty-eight. Jacoby Brissett winds up coming into this game. Uh, Sam Howell gets the uh, the old bench there, six for twenty-two. Ugly. Oh my gosh! How do you throw the ball twenty-two times in the National Football League and only complete six passes? Never mind the fact that he threw two picks. Yep. Six passes. What? Same game against the Cowboys. He had uh, 56 yards. He had two picks in that. And then Jacoby Brissett comes in 10 for 13, 100 yards and a touchdown. Brissett actually winds up uh, uh, potentially getting the starting position. Now, Ed, and I say potentially, we'll be talking about that in a little bit in the news because uh, there's some stuff going on with him. Uh, Chris Rodriguez, 10 carries, 58 yards, two touchdowns. He's been like one of those happy accident type players. He just Bro. shows up. I, I don't know where he's from. Kentucky. He came out of nowhere, though. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Kentucky has quietly produced uh, good running backs. really good running backs yeah. uh, down there in the SEC. And Chris Rodriguez Jr. actually led the SEC in rushing uh, his senior season. Oh, wow. No. Yeah. And you, that's a lot of territory yeah. to take yeah. in, right? So Rodriguez, a uh, very good running back, uh, big, strong, tough runner. Uh, he's got a little bit of speed, but uh, he was uh, injured uh, coming out of this one, too. Yeah, yeah. He, well, he was injured coming out of this one. He was injured for a part of the season, too. But since yeah. he's come back from from that injury, there have been certain points where Chris Rodriguez pops up on the stat sheet, you know, a pass out of the backfield, taking him for a big touchdown. He had two touchdowns in this one. I, I mean, he just he hits the stat sheet every now and then. And you're like, oh, who's that guy? Yeah. Uh, Antonio Gibson also nine carries, 30 yards, and a touchdown. Brian Robinson Jr. was hurt before this game. Obviously, he didn't play. Uh, Logan Thomas makes his presence felt. Five receptions, 36 yards, and a touchdown. Logan Thomas quietly having a decent year for the for the commanders. Yeah, the system that Eric Bieniemy runs also features the tight end, much like the uh, Chiefs does. Yep. And so Logan Thomas basically playing the Travis Kelsey role. Yeah, and, and as long as he can stay healthy, which has been a... Uh, really huge question mark. yeah yeah for him uh yeah. if he stays healthy you know you, you got a good tight end there but yeah. you know the, the problem is the health it's always the availability and reliability for him on the jet side though the big story for me Brees hall man over 190 yards from scrimmage yeah uh, 20 carries for 95 touchdowns he had 12 receptions for 96 yards on top of it i mean a lot of people are going to see oh garrett wilson i'm looking at Brees hall yeah Brees hall i mean he's He's the guy on the offense. He's the best player on the team. Yep. Right? Well, sauce. My have something to say with that. Well, well I, I think I, offensively, I think it's, it's between yeah. Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson, I think, are the two. And it, the thing that gets me, if you had a quarterback there, if you, if you actually had a quarterback there with Man. a decent line, you'd be, it, they'd be the Browns. Right now, This this is doesn't this scream Lions right now? You, you have a great receiver in Garrett Wilson. He's yep. great. And you got a great running back in Bruce Hall, and you got no offensive line and no quarterback. 
Yeah. So and, and you know and Brees Hall, you know, you know, he's he's also a he's also a glass half full guy. He goes, I'll just tell everybody to get their laughs out now because it's not gonna be like that in the near future. Yeah. Via the New York Post. We're going to be a lot better. I'm excited to see what we do. I mean, well, yeah. well, let's get to the draft, and then we'll then we'll uh, assess those words. This screams old Lions team, though, because like, look, okay. it's 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 Barry Sanders and Herman Moore getting thrown to by Charlie Batch behind a bad offensive line. Yeah, right. You know, what I'm saying like, <laughs> doesn't it? Scream? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. This is exactly what it is. This is this is Barry Sanders and and Herman Moore getting thrown to by. You know, a hodgepodge of, of nobodies. Yeah. yeah. You know, Scott, <laughs> sad. It's Scott sad. Mitchell, you know, Charlie Batch. Yeah. It's sad. These players are ascending uh, really strong, ascending offensive <clears throat> players. Yep. And you're not giving them a chance to succeed because of organizational <laughs> failure. <laughs> yep. The line has been, a, has been a mess all season. Yep. Last season, too. Yep. Right? The Makai Becton pick has not workout you know and and as far as Mekhi Becton goes when he's on the field he's good but the problem that you have with Mekhi Becton is he's never on the field there you go he's never available he's always hurt Elijah Vera Tucker has has been suspect yep right at at best and so it's just been it's it's been real bad in the offensive line the defense has now been suffering because they've had to play so much for so long and I don't I don't think Vera Tucker was a uh uh scheme fit there you know Vera Tucker I thought Vera Tucker would, would have been good you know and I, I wanted the Vikings to get him um, I thought he would have been excellent with the Vikings I thought he would have been excellent on on a number of other teams but he's not a scheme fit there with the Jets and he hasn't been and and yeah. I, I don't I just I thought it was a silly pick for them mm-hmm. you know and and uh especially with with some Darisaw on the on the board yeah, Christian Derrissaw is on the board. You need an offensive tackle for Christ's sake. Get your offensive tackle. You know, like it's just yeah. it, it gets me every time, and and I just I, I, I blows me away how the Jets have, have yeah. pissed away draft picks, and, and not to mention they bring in Aaron Rodgers and acquiesce to his demands of bringing in. They can say, <clears throat> "Oh, Aaron Rodgers didn't influence these decisions at all." Oh, Randall yeah. Cobb and Alan Lazard. Yeah, I got some beachfront <laughs> property in Iowa. I'm going to sell you, right? Yeah. Give me Alan Lazard. Give me Brandon uh, Randall Cobb. Give me all of, my, Cook. The, uh, the, all of my guys that I want. And yeah, so upset the entire locker room and the chemistry fit. Now you got to change off into coordinate because I want Hackett. Yeah. Right? Come on, man. It, this was an Aaron Rodgers play. <clears throat> yeah, organizational failure, complete. This is going to be bad. And and what they have to do now, what you got to do is you got to go into the off season. You gotta you gotta dip into free agency. And you gotta find guys that are going to fix that offensive line. Yeah, that that's step number one. Yep. Because you you bought the Ferrari. I, I keep saying it. You Thank bought you. the Ferrari and you left it in downtown Detroit with the keys in it. Come on. Yeah, you didn't yeah. you didn't take your Ferrari and put it in the garage like you yep. should. Yeah. No, you left it in downtown Detroit with the keys in it, yeah. and then wonder why it got got the hell beat out of it and got stolen, whatever else. So now, yeah, you're right. They're going to be in free agency for yeah. offensive linemen, and maybe you draft one or two <clears throat> to try to get this thing going. But Aaron Rodgers will be another year older. Yep. And 
will not have played another full year of professional contact football. Yeah, and and coming off of a, a ruptured Achilles on top of it, yeah, uh, damn near four, he's what forty one, forty somewhere in there. I mean, all the dolph- all the dolphin noises in the world isn't gonna help him. Yeah, exactly. The Jets, uh, but in this case, the Jets squeeze one out. They're six and nine. Obviously, they're done. Their season's over with. They're not going to the playoffs. But I, I mean, it's just a disaster like you said organizational failure for the jets here uh next up the detroit football lions go and beat my vikings 30 to 24 uh you know i I have a few thoughts about this game i'm sure you do a few thoughts number one is the lions almost lost a game to a, a a third string quarterback throwing four interceptions Right. That's let true. Start, let me start there. That shows your secondary is sus. Bad. Yeah. I, I mean, you got the Lions have gone from a top 10 pass defense to being ranked 23rd going into this game. Yeah. Uh, Nick Mullins. Now they dropped even further. Yeah. Nick Mullins goes for 411 yards, two touchdowns, four picks. How? Uh, uh, yeah, how? Uh, but uh, Nick Mullins, you know, it. it the thing, the craziest thing that got it got me was that they were still in this game. That the Vikings still had a shot, in, in regardless of yeah. four interceptions, of staring down receivers right. and making bad throws. Yeah, just chucking it all over the yard. Uh, it was it was rough. It came down to the very last drive. Justin Jefferson had to make a Superman catch. Yeah, to save Mullins, bro. Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, Jefferson. Looked like Justin Jefferson. This is the yeah, first, yes. you know, ever since he came back, it was like, when is Jeff Jefferson going to come around and look like Justin Jefferson? This was the game. Eight receptions, 141, and a glorious touchdown. Yeah, I mean, yes. it, was, it was beautifully done. Uh, on the Lions side, Jared Goff, man, 30 for 40, 257. He was accurate. It, very short dump-off passes, a lot of that going on, a lot of stuff underneath. A lot they of can sh- dunk offense, but mistake-free football. A lot of shell defense from the Vikings. Yeah, they, they were giving up anything underneath. Your boy Jameer Gibbs had himself a great game. 15 carries, 80 yards, two touchdowns. And actually, you know, he, said great game. he did. He had a great game. Uh, and, you know, one thing I want to say about Jameer Gibbs that, that caught my eye in this game okay. was he got through the line and he put a slick little move on oh, yeah. Caleb Evans. Yeah, and yeah, and. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just yeah. just shimmy shook to the left and and boom, Caleb, yeah, Caleb, coming, he come up limp, or yeah. hurt, yeah, grabbed his collarbone and was uh, limping to the sideline. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was, he was tackling grass. It, it was uh, uh, ugly to watch. Yeah, you know, to watch that. Yeah, uh, one one thing I will say is uh, on that play. So Gibbs, he he does escape that that with that little move. He's got all kinds of grass, but. This is the one thing that I that was the big gripe on the scouting report. Okay, I have figured out that Jameer Gibbs is more elusive than he is fast. Uh, he got chased down from behind on the on a uh, open grass. He had all kinds of real estate. Got chased down from behind on that play. But that also by a defensive tackle, I believe it was yep. a defensive end. Yeah, defensive end. But that goes to the talent of that defensive end, not so much to the slow. Jameer Gibbs is plenty fast. I don't, I don't, I don't buy his 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 uh, guarantee. He pops up on the NFL top 100. They'll say he is explosive. uh, I I think he's more elusive. He's he's, they always say some people say he's quicker than fast. 
Uh-huh. I, I think that's kind of he's quicker than fast. I think he's he's a lot more elusive, but as far as his like A to B speed here, man, I brother, got questions. He is he is speed burst. Yeah, right. But like this is this I, I'll I'll flat out say it, it. This is the first game where he's impressed me. This because mm-hmm. he's, he took on a tough defense, yeah. a, a good Brian Flores defense. He had 15 carries, 80 yards. He had a five three average, two touchdowns. He played well. He yeah. played well, and yeah. and uh, you know, to his credit, I mean, I, I I can't even fight it at this point. This was this was a, a good game against a good defense. Is the first game he's had that was a good game against yeah. a good defense. I'm impressed. Yeah. And there was a stretch there where David Montgomery was uh, was on the bench, yeah, and, or just yeah. on the sideline. And I'm thinking, <clears throat> is, is he hurt? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Where is he? No, they're they're they're, they're po- it's possible they're considering. Jameer Gibbs to be the number one, you know, that's a, that's a little iffy. I would still call him like a 1B or a, like a two, like a 1.5B. David yeah. Montgomery still your bell cow. Uh, you know, 17 carries, 55 yards and a touchdown. I mean, the guy, you you want to get those, like, that, that five yards to get to the end zone, Monty's your guy. You know, but as, as we've said before, too, Jameer Gibbs is better when he's running to the outside and trying to elude defenders. You know, I, I think that's a great combination to have. You have your bell cow plow into the line back, and you have your elusive back that's good on the outside. Yeah, Gibbs, Gibbs to me, reads more of like a zone run guy. You know, he, he's yeah. going to get outside the tackles, and that's where he's going to be the most effective. Yeah. Uh, but he did have a, a touchdown run up the middle. middle. Yep, yep, he did have that well, one up the middle. I, I'll give, you know, and, and we'll give Gibbs his flowers here. Also, by the way, I got to tell you, I love Amon Rossing Brown. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't even, yeah. I, I hate the Lions, yeah. but I love watching that guy play. Yeah. He's a special receiver. He is. And, and I, I love him even more because before he got drafted, I, and I said it last year, I'll say it again. We sat here going, that guy's going to be good. Yeah. And, and when he got drafted, I said that was possibly the steal of the draft. And yep. and we, we we knew we knew beforehand before he he even got to this level we knew he was going to be great yeah and he's been special he's a great possession receiver twelve receptions one hundred six yards and a touchdown an eight eight average the guy is just so good over the middle it's just Chris it's incredible Carter. yeah yeah he's Chris Carter yeah. he's Chris Carter man he he's the Lions version of Chris Carter he's got great hands he's always open always open. He, he two the two jobs. Of a wide receiver, number one, get open. Number two, catch the ball. Yeah, he there does both. Is. He does both. <clears throat> I mean, and it's that's the job description of yeah. a wide receiver. He he is just a, an awesome receiver, and and I I of if there's any Lions player that I like, it's Amon Ross. <laughs> that any you like? Oh, any that I like? Because uh, I, I don't I, it, I don't like the Lions. You know, yeah, so, right. so it's just like, yeah. I mean, you know. And, and hold on, we got to Slow clap, award. slow clap award goes to the Detroit Football Lions for winning the division ah. for the first time in 30 years since 1993. Congratulations, Detroit. Stand I, up. I, stand up indeed. Stand up and cheer. So here's the deal, too. Uh, go, uh, go ahead, Scott. Against bad teams. Because <laughs> <laughs> he had to get that in. I'm just Listen. <laughs> yep, okay. Here's the one thing I will say too. 
Uh, Nick Mullins, again, on that very last drive, we've seen this story a hundred times as Lions fans. Oh, God, you know, the game's on the line. The division is right there. You, you got, you got, you, we've snatched defeat from the jaws of victory too many times for me to count. Nick Mullins lines up. He gets that ball out of the, and he's throwing it over the middle. I'm like, oh, God. And it's sailing towards the end zone, and it's sailing towards Justin Jefferson. If there's any player capable of taking that drive away from the Lions, it's JJ, who steps up and makes the most important interception in Lions history. Number six, Ifitu Milifanwu, you know, steps in front of Justin Jefferson, grabs the ball out of his out of the air, and seals the NFC North for the Detroit Lions. Now I'm glad you brought that kid up, but because out of nowhere. Yeah, he's been spectacular. Yep. Spectacular. Malafami. That's that's that. Less lead. Brad Holmes. Yep. Late round. Yeah. Find the value. Find a hidden gem. That was that was the diamond in the rough. And go. and he he's been spectacular. Yes. Every time he's had to step up, every time he's had to step in, that kid's been great as a safety. He's been he's been very good. It was that's a good pick. And you know who else was a really good safety in that game? <laughs> Five tackles, one assist, and he had a pick of his own. Yep, Brian Branch had a good game. He had a very good there game. There we go. Against the, he, against the third string quarterback. Scotty, you are making progress. Yeah, against the third string quarterback. making progress. Okay. Kirby Joseph had two picks as well. We can't forget it. We we literally just got done saying, oh, you got you got Nick Mullins throwing it all over the yard yeah. like a moron. You're yeah. right. And, staring and down receivers. Staring down receivers. But you still have to make the play. Yeah, and, and yeah, but you're doing it against the guy that is just staring down receivers, throwing it all over the yard like a maniac. Yeah. And and do you do you think I, I I'll ask this. If it's Kirk Cousins, is Brian Branch having that kind of game? Yes. Uh, oh. uh, it's oh. debatable. And, and, I, and here's how, how many here's, times have you said that he's happy feet in the backfield, check down Charlie? Yeah. <laughs> Here's the That's thing, Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, he's a check down Charlie, but he's going to play safe. Kirk Cousins yes. is going to always, he always has a high floor and a low ceiling. Yes. Does right. that make sense? He's, makes, he's, he's always going to, he's never going to shipwreck your season. He's never right. going to do that. He's never going to go out and completely shipwreck your season. I think the only time I've seen him shipwreck a season was 2020 when he threw 10 picks in the first six games. After that, but if you remember, after those six games, Kirk Cousins lights out. Pretty good, yeah. So, so I mean, I I just look at that and I go, okay, if it's Kirk Cousins out there, I think you're going to get all. You're not going to get this this staring down receivers throwing it all over the yard BS. You're going to get Kirk Cousins making safe, strong, clear throws. If it's Kirk Cousins, we're having a different conversation. And you've been with a first string quarterback that came within six points on the very last drive. However. Brian Branch has been a really good safety all season long. He's been really good for the defense of the Detroit Lions. When called upon, he's made big plays all season. He's made game-changing type of plays. And when I get that from a safety position, I'll take it every time. He hasn't been as good as Jordan Battle. He hasn't. We'll, we'll talk about Battle in another time <laughs> because I seem, to, I seem to remember the Steelers just putting up uh, uh, yeah, 30 yeah. on Battle, battles so. big, but battles big thing. Battles big game has been in run coverage. That's what it's been, and I, I he's and well, well, Najee Harris had himself a decent game. I mean, but but Jordan Battle in run defense, 
that's that his. But Jalen Warren also had what thirty yards, so he's still looking at over hundred yards rushing yeah. for the for the team. Got questions, so got questions. Right. But next up, Browns go out and beat the Texans thirty-six to twenty-two. Uh, uh, yeah, the Browns uh, get it done. Got done talking about him. Joe Flacco goes <laughs> twenty-seven. 368, three touchdowns. He did have two picks in this game, but let's be clear. The Texans' defense has been, I mean, they've been very good this year. They have been very good, and the Browns' offense has been better, especially with Joe Flacco under center. Yep. And Amari Cooper, a big-time beneficiary of that. Man, 11 receptions, 265, two touchdowns on the day, just, and, and put my, my fantasy team in the ground this year. I, <laughs> I was painful. Oh, it's painful. Bronco. Brown's record. Yes. Yeah, since the Brown's record for receiving yards. Amari Cooper, you know, I I feel bad for Amari Cooper because I I think that he got a raw deal when he was with the Raiders. I felt like he got a raw deal when he was with with the Cowboys. Cowboys. And they, they crapped all over yeah, him for yeah, no reason. Yeah. And then they sent him to the Browns. And, and he, he all he does is produce. Yeah, bro. he's good. He's a good, good player. Yeah. He's always been good. Always. And and I, I just, I look at him like, like I, I don't I don't know if I, I put Amari Cooper in top 12, maybe top 12. He reminds know? me of Brandon Cooks in that in that way, right? Yeah, yeah. Where all the guy does is produce, but teams just seem to, okay, well, we're done with you. Yeah. And, and he just produces at the next stop. Right. And and that's what it is. I, I just, he's one of those players. It's like a journeyman receiver. And, and I don't understand the logic because he yeah. is a number one guy. Yeah. He's number one. Anywhere he goes, he becomes a number one. Yeah. So I just, uh, man, I, I don't get it. But Joe Flacco doing what he does, he, he just tore it up with, with Amari Cooper. And also David Njoku, by the way, is having a career here. They put him, what I say, they find, as they say, unlocked. Yeah, unlocked him. Whatever. Unlocked him. And, Joe uh, Flacco always knows how to use the tight end position. Case Keenum struggles in this game, comes back down to earth, 11 for 17, 62 yards, two picks. Uh, David <laughs> Winds up coming in, goes 15 for 32, 149. He had two touchdowns. Davis Giraffe Mills. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Davis Davis Mills with that that long neck, man. But I, I got to tell you, uh, he still wasn't that good. He was under 50 percent completions. I mean, just a, a rough game for them. They're going to be excited. Under 150. Yeah, they're they're going to be excited to have uh, C.J. Stroud get back out on the field. The Browns. Oh, yeah. They they just, maybe 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 Case. Has lost a step now. Maybe I mean right. he's he's one of those backups, and it's like you said, your your backup quarterback that's going to be there for a game or two. And and Case came in and he looked decent in that first game. Look, that that's the problem. And, you yeah. got to look good in that first game, yeah. right? Good in the second game, and maybe even better in the third game. And then and then maybe you fall off the cliff. You fell off the cliff early, early, pretty quick. I mean, but that is the Browns' defense. Yeah. And that's, yeah. That's, <laughs> clean, nasty oh. up front. They've been they've been spectacular all year. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not spectacular. Good, maybe well, even decent. The Browns' defense is something to behold. Yeah, man. because they've yes. lost, they've lost star- starters. Yep, and it's like it doesn't matter. They keep Jim. Winning. Jim Schwartz has been a magician yeah. at, uh, on the defensive coordinator side. You know, he's, he's one of those guys that you know, and and teams are going to start looking at him again as as a head coach Please, situation. Please I don't go. think they should. He's not a no. head coach there. Some guy. Just, just, just look up his history in Detroit. That's all you need to know. Some guys He's a great have- defensive coordinator. Yeah. 
some guys are better coordinators. Jim Schwartz is a coordinator. Right. And that's now, that's what it is. That's speaking of Todd Bowles, we'll talk about them later, but Todd Bowles being a better game manager as a coach now in the Bucks. And we, we were sitting here going, oh, man, he's on the hot seat. He's going to get fired. Uh, I don't know. And, and in the offseason, he was because because they, they did so bad with, yeah. with one of the best – with the best quarterback of all time. Yeah. And, yep. and they, they struggled. As soon as he took over, they struggled. So I, I just and, – and now he's not so much on the hot seat. I think – and even then, I look, the record isn't anything to write home about. They are in a situation where they're, they're leading division. And they're but, in control of their own destiny. Right. But it's the worst division of football. And, yeah, and it's happenstance. And, yeah. And, and so they're going to go out and they're going to win the division. And everybody's going to go, well, you can't fire Todd Bowles now because you, you just won yeah, the division. But, but when he comes out and he shipwrecks your season, and I see it coming, it's, it's going to happen. Right. He's, he's going to shipwreck a, shipwreck a season in, in the future here, whether it be next year or the year after. There's going to be a, just an absolute just obliteration of this team. And and you're going to see Todd Bowles get fired, and it, it's it's going to happen. Right. I, you know, he, talking about the Buccaneers, just so you're aware. Thing with the Jets, did the same thing yeah. with the Jets. You, you remember he he, he had true. he had those two seasons where, where he was he oh this looks pretty nice, and then what did he do? He shipwrecked that team. Well, moving forward, organizational failure. Yeah, and <laughs> it, they didn't they didn't give him enough time, and the, uh, yeah. you know, but we'll we'll see. We'll the jury's still out, so to speak, right. on on, uh, on Bowles, but. You don't want Schwartz as your head coach. You want him as your DC. Yeah, and I agree with that too. Um, next up, Packers go out and uh, they beat the Carolina Panthers thirty-three to thirty. If we want to call it that, yeah, they escaped. They, they escaped the Carolina Panthers. I'm like, are you, excuse me, yes. especially since you take into effect that they had they had a pretty decent lead early. They were up twenty-three ten at halftime, and then here comes Carolina. No score in the third quarter by the Packers. <laughs> they come within a pubic hair of, of of beating you. The worst team in football First of uh, all. this year beat you know, and and you escape them. Whew! Bowling shoe ugly. First of all, I, I'm I'm thinking about just driving down to Carolina just because I want to go to the Carolina Panthers stadium for five dollars right you know that's that's the first one. I want to go down there like it's uh, for five bucks like it's a 1924 the <laughs> <laughs> oh, five bucks but uh, the Panthers man they Bryce Young has believe it or not the best game of his his young career so far thank you 23 for 36 312 two touchdowns uh, DJ Chark hey DJ Chark. there you go uh, six receptions, ninety-eight yards, two touchdowns. Uh, you know, yeah, about time. Yeah, about time. Yeah, uh, we've been waiting for that. Uh, Aaron Jones returns in this game. Twenty-one carries, one hundred twenty-seven yards. Hey, he looked like Aaron Jones finally. He did. He did uh, against a tough Carolina defense because the Carolina defense hasn't been bad this year. I was surprised that they had thirty-three dropped off. Well, there's a more they're more of a, a run funnel defense, right? Right, because it's hard to throw on them. And uh, but Jordan Love did find success through the year. Yeah, yeah. He, he it was it was interesting to say the least. I mean, it, yeah. He, I, I guess he sort of did. He got the two touchdowns at seventeen for twenty. He only had two nineteen on the day. But he delivered when yeah. he had to. Yeah, but and right. that's that's always kind of been the Jordan Love mo. It was the same way in week one and two. They would get down, and it was predicated on Aaron Jones getting them where they needed to be in the red zone or the gold zone or whatever we want to call it. 
and then Jordan Love capitalizing when they get down there. Yeah. And that's kind of what, we, you know, the numbers sort of dictate that. If you look, Aaron Jones, 21 carries, 127 yards. He led the, the team in yards from scrimmage in general. He gets all the way down there. They get down there on the back of Aaron Jones, and then Jordan Love says, all right, I'm going to capitalize on the foot points of the board. Jordan Love, yeah. to his credit, very good in the red zone. Yeah. Very good in the red zone. Yeah, got it. Romeo Dubs. Right. Got himself a nice game. Bo Melton showing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bo Melton from? Oh, that's a good question. Rutgers. Was he from Rutgers? Yes, sir. Wow, look at he, he got a carry for seven yards in this game. He also had four receptions for 44 yards. Uh, you know, I mean, the the, the Packers red zone. They missed Jaden Reed. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit, but they oh, yeah. uh, but they made sure that they still produce when necessary. Yeah. They're, they're efficient in the red zone. That's that's the one thing I can really get <laughs> yeah. the for. Yeah, you want to know who they're not missing? Jair Alexander making an absolutely boneheaded decision. I, th- I don't know if we talked about that last week, but... No, we haven't. It's, well, it happened in this game. The, you know, he, oh, he goes... Uh, uh, Jair Alexander, um, he was not a team captain for this game. Oh. Winds up going out to midfield for the coin toss as a... Basically puts himself, inserts himself out there as a captain. Right. Uh, even though the coach named the captain and he basically botches the, the coin toss call. When the, when the coin gets flipped, he botches it, almost screws it up. And uh, the, the coach was so pissed off, uh, LaFleur, he was so pissed off that, and, and we'll be talking about it in a little bit, that Jair Alexander has been suspended for a game by the team. Whoa. Because he, so they were so pissed off by, by his his bullshit. But that's... that's Packers don't do that. But that's Jair there. Alexander stuff. This yeah. is... This is this is what I've grown to expect ever since last year. This is what Jair Alexander has gotten a loud mouth, albeit one where it doesn't sound. It sounds like he's got shit in his mouth when he talks because it, it, you literally can't understand the man. But he just he come, well, yeah. He called out Ed Donatel's defense and he said, mm-hmm. "I want to be shadowing Justin, Justin Jefferson. Jefferson." Yeah, and, and he, they finally allowed him to do that, and he shut and, Jefferson and he shut down. Jefferson down for that game. And right. the game before that, let's not forget the game before that, Justin Jefferson beat the hell out of him. But the, that game, he said, "Well, I'm going to shut him down this time," and he went and he did it. Congratulations! But he didn't shadow in the first game. The plays that he did shadow, Justin Jefferson didn't produce. But, but he did. And also, my other issue with it is, it wasn't just him shadowing Jefferson in that game. Mm-hmm. And they they gave him a lot of safety help in that game. And and Justin Jefferson was doubled, and that's what you got to do against Justin Jefferson. But they. Jair came out acting like he was a world beater when he right. had he had a lot of extra help. Now he's still very good, but you don't but you don't upset the locker room right. chemistry by doing things like that, right? Yeah, especially going straight up against the head coach right. in a in a right. way in this in this yeah. type of way, and then saying, "Oh well, I'm a captain, motherfucker!" Like, what are you? You're captain, Gazy. <laughs> When we named you captain, yeah, like, I don't get it. This is a team. This is a team deal, bro. Yeah, we didn't name. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be hilarious though if, like, after like week eighteen, he's gonna come back week eighteen, just just to be petty, name him captain so he does botch the coin toss at the last game of the season. It was it was just <laughs> such silly bullshit for him to be doing that. Anyway. I, I didn't understand it, it and it caused such a rift. But the Packers do escape here. It's very non-Packer like. Yeah. He, he keeps his uh, – uh, they keep their playoff hopes alive in spite of it, and, and the Packers escape the Panthers 33-30. Two more seconds. That's yeah. all Bryce Young needs. That's all he needed. Two yeah. more seconds. 
Uh, next up, the Seahawks go out and uh, they another escape. They escape the Titans, twenty to seventeen. Then Tennessee, uh, Ryan Tannehill gets trotted back out in the field. What a fucking disaster that was. Uh, Should have been Malik Willis, but nobody wants to listen to me. I don't buy Malik Willis. I just don't. But I also don't. I don't buy any of the quarterbacks on this team. He would have been better than a hobbled Will Will Levis. Yeah. So, you know, let's see. Thank thank God the Minnesota Vikings dodged that bullet. (laughs) He's sitting there on draft day. Oh, God. Oh, God. We were getting close to that pick, and I thought for sure the Vikings were going to take Malik Willis, and I turned into Bob. No, Will, Will Levis. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> but uh, I, I was I was panicked when they took Jordan Addison. I did my happy been, dance. It would have been just fine. I loved the Jordan Addison pick. I loved it. Yeah. Loved it. I, I did my happy dance and fist, fist pumping and yeah. the whole deal. But well, here's here's another uh, thing that you know in this game that's normal. Derrick Henry getting 19 carries for 88 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, you know, was, they're they got they're doing a little bit something right. Yeah, Derrick Henry even threw one in this one, and you know what? The, to Derrick Henry's credit, you know this is a nice bounce back game. Last game he didn't do jack shit, and this one he yeah. comes out 19 carries, 88 yards of TD. So you got to give him the credit. Uh, and this is a guy that you've been talk that you talked about in the off season. Oh, Conquo. Yeah, finally sure showed yeah. They just haven't been using yeah. it. Yeah, he finally shows up on the stat sheet. Six receptions, sixty-three yards on a touchdown. Hey, he hey, showed up. There he right? is. That was Thank that you. was the guy you were talking about in the offseason that you said, "Hey, watch this kid." And there he is. Finally, yeah. finally, something. He, he, they barely run into routes, but I think that's a function of the offense or a, a misfortune of the offense yeah. for Jay Conquo. But there, he should have been utilized more heavily throughout the season, especially with the Trey Burks. Uh, in and out of the lineup situation. Yeah, Mike Vrabel is, is the Traylon Burks disaster. Yeah, I have a feeling Mike Vrabel is starting to get on that hot seat a little bit, well, and this is the Titans season. Yeah, I, I think he's on the hot seat, and uh, yeah, he's they, probably gone at the end of the year. You know, you miss the playoffs. You don't use Derrick Henry, who may also request a trade. It's yeah. just it's 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 looking like a dumpster fire situation. Derrick Henry seems to want out of there. It looks like the Titans are, are heading toward rebuild, in spite of the fact that they have some really some decent players over there. So uh, get ready for that. And DeAndre Hopkins once again is going to be he's going to be a man on an island because there's going to be nothing in that offense around for him. They might as well just go ahead and trade him now. Yeah, he's. I, I don't. Tennessee, where wide receivers go to die. Exactly. There are certain places where certain positional players go to die, okay? And, like, New England. New England is where running backs go to die, right? And then and then you you look at... I mean, Zeke rides. And, and even then, Zeke, I mean, every now and he, he'll pop up on the stat sheet one week, and then, you know, the next week he won't. It's Seattle, where tight ends go to die, yeah. right? Yep. And that's, that's what happens. Tennessee, where receivers go to die, it, you know? It, it's it's, it's sad. I mean, the Will Levis, DeAndre Hopkins connection. That mm-hmm. you know, that's there's still something there with that. But man, yep. And even then, New England right now has been where receivers go to die. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just been like, come on, man. What it's are we be, doing here? It's gonna be bad. Well, and speaking of the Seattle Seahawks, you mean that may be where tight ends go to die? But three, but the. Uh, Two man, uh, the three wide receiver rotation there is just as strong as ever. 
Geno yeah. Smith goes 25 for 36, 227, and two touchdowns. Tyler Lockett does Tyler Lockett things. Eight catches, 81 yards. Jackson Smith and Jigba from the Ohio State University gets six for 61. Uh, and one of your favorite players, Scott, Kenneth Walker III gets 16 carries for 54 yards. Yep, and DK Metcalf also had four for 56 in the touchdown. Yep. You know, DK Metcalf... Uh, he got loose on that one big one. Yeah, he did. And and DK Metcalf has been somewhat underutilized by the Seahawks this year. I've been a little surprised by his, his lack of utilization. Um, Me you know, too. There have been certain points where DK Metcalf has, you know, he'll go up for like a huge game and then he kind of, he's almost become like Tyler Lockett used to be. And Tyler Lockett's been getting a lot more looks this year and having a better season than he's had in a while. Yeah, these, these are those games where the Seahawks go from West Coast to East Coast. Yep. Early kick. And they struggle, especially early and especially in the past game. We saw it with DK Metcalf when they came here to play the Bengals. Sure. We, we, and this is another game where we see it. He got a, I don't want to say a lucky touchdown because, woo, there's, you know, but yeah, he kind of got a lucky touchdown against, <laughs> against Tennessee and Geno played very well in the last, in the, in the last drive of the game right. to, uh, to get Seattle victory yeah. so congratulations but uh i was on the right track because i picked the titans and just that close that close missed, <laughs> it, by that. missed it by that much just a bit outside you almost had it there <laughs> but uh next up the uh falcons go out and beat the colts 29 to 10 uh gardner Minshew 20 for 37 201 one pick this is one of those gardner Minshew sort of shipwreck games that we see Gardner yep. Minshew will will blow up and he'll have a nice little, he's very streaky. I guess that's the best way yes. to put it. He'll have yep. two, three really good games and then he'll have one or two really bad games. Your classic backup. Yeah, welcome welcome to the bad game here yeah, against a tough he's a guy you don't want. You want him for three games. You don't want him for 12 games. Yeah, and against a very tough Atlanta defense. The Atlanta Falcons quietly have had a good defense all year. And look at this. And, and this is the type of shit I'm talking about. Dijon Robinson has 12 carries for 72 <laughs> yards. He has a six average, but you're running Tyler Algier. What? Arthur Smith loves Tyler Algier. He does not care about draft value, draft capital. He does not care about who you who's on your, your fantasy team. He is going to play who he wants to play in every game, no matter what you or I say. And if it works, cool. If it doesn't, it's cool. You're fired. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Him and well, here's, here's, here's an interesting statistic, though. B. John Robinson actually read was led in the receiving stat sheet. Yep. Seven catches for 50 yards. So Bijan had 122 yards from scrimmage. No touchdowns. But still, you know, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun to see all that. Big game from Bijan. Lots of touches. The, and, and B. John Robinson, you know, I look. I am so sick of Arthur Smith. I am so sick of the Arthur Smith system. I, 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 I think Arthur Smith is the most clueless head coach in the NFL. It like There were certain coaches that I thought were going to get fired, should be fired. Arthur Smith, uh, now that Brandon Staley's gone, Arthur Smith tops my list of, of coaches that should be shit-canned at the end of the year. I if, just, you, if, you, I, if the Atlanta Falcons do not win the, the NFC South and do not go to the playoffs, he's out. I picked him after week 18 because I because I felt like okay second year in in the deal second uh, second year in the system for the quarterback mm-hmm. blah 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 the whole you know the whole thing 
and the defense has been very good. The offensive line was a top 10 O-line coming into the season, and the running game has been successful all year long. They're still in it, right? And they won this game. My my thing is, if you, look, if if, you like Tyler Algier so much, if you like Tyler Algier so much, Why'd you grab B. John Robinson? <laughs> what the hell did you waste the pick for? Because B. John Robinson is a very good player. He's a great player, but but if you if you didn't want him in the first place, and you weren't going to use him in the first place, yeah. until now, yeah. then, then what the hell are you drafting the guy for? Go out and get yourself a number two receiver, because clearly you don't know how the hell to use a number one receiver. At all. At all. And and go get go get at least at least loaded up with with all the weapons. If you want, and look to Tyler Algiers' credit, last year he was a, a thousand yard receiver or a thousand yard running back. He was. Yeah. But am I going to sit here and say Bijan Robinson pick was an excellent pick? You know, like and look, he did. It's their own version of thunder and lightning of R and B, as they call oh, it in God. Detroit, it's... with with uh, David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. It's Tyler Algier, B. John Robinson. It's, it's the same deal. It's senseless bullshit is what it is. It's senseless. I, you know, and you already had Cordero Patterson over there who actually, it, you you know, we know how explosive he can be, yeah. especially in the running game. And look, I understand he was like a kick returner slash receiver that turned into a running back, and then he was successful as a running back. Yeah. Just use him. If you want thunder and lightning, okay, Algier and Patterson, done. You know, like, use that B. John Robinson pick for something else. Go get yourself a, a number two receiver, and, and you you could have a one A one B situation with Drake London over yeah, there. I could you see know? it. You you could, I mean, and that's a, there's another thing, Kyle Pitts or a quarterback, yeah, or a QB. How about that? You know, like yeah. Kyle Pitts sitting there getting three catches for forty nine yards and a touchdown, and it's sad to say that's probably one of his best stat lines of the year. Yeah, you know, so I mean, you have these guys that that you're 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 so like. He's almost reminds me of Mike Zimmer, where he kind of like, <laughs> he hates young players. Yeah, right. And, and that's kind of what it is. Mike Zimmer used to hate young players. He used to only like veteran guys, and he hated young players. And he couldn't depend on right. And, and well, at least he thought. Yeah, at least he I thought. And fair. and then and then you you look over at what he's doing, and you're like, man, yeah. You know, like well, why'd you go get Van Jefferson if you weren't going to use him? Yeah, you're not going to use him for one catch for 13 yards. Yeah. Like waste of time, waste of time, money, resources. It's I, just, it doesn't make sense. I told I told you weeks ago that Van Jefferson was the big loser in this situation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's borne out. But the results borne out because the Falcons win. Yeah, and and the Falcons they they get it done here against the Colts. I mean, and look. Jonathan Taylor, 18 carries, 43 yards, and a touchdown. Coming off of a thumb injury. Yeah, I, I don't think Shane Steichen completely understands how to use Jonathan Taylor as effectively as Frank Reich did. And and Jonathan Taylor's kind of suffering over there right now. I, I don't think what? he is. Well, the is. Well, they still run the ball effectively uh, for, the most, for the most part, uh, right? But you've got two running backs coming off of thumb injuries, Jonathan Taylor being one of them, Zach Moss. You had, you had 92 rushing yards. Yeah. Total as, as as a team, yeah. I I have, so I have concerns about about how Shane Steichen is is handling this, and and frankly, I think Jonathan Taylor. I, but Steichen he, has been a good coach all season. Yeah, he. I, I just I, I don't know that he knows how to use Jonathan Taylor properly. And you've got a guy in Jonathan Taylor. I to me, if it's me, and, and it's not. But if it was me, I'd right. be building my team around Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I would be. 
He's he's one of the one of, if not the best running back in the league. He's shown that he can be the best running oh, back. He in can football. shoulder. He can shoulder the load. Yeah, I, you you build your team around that. But now here's a question mark now coming through. Injuries now are are starting to become a little bit of a we'll start. See. Yeah, we'll yeah. And it's been this year, but let's not forget Jonathan Taylor. I mean, he led the league in rushing. He missed. He missed what most of last year or yep. all of last year. Good chunk is. of last year. Yeah. So, so, so got got questions. It could be a thing. Got questions, but the uh, the they dropped. But the answer here. was who won. Yeah, the, the Falcons got it done. Caw, caw! <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We fly high. Unbelievable. We fly high. Uh, next up, the Tampa Bay Bucks caught and beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 30-12. to uh, Baker Mayf looked like a world beater in this game. 26 for 35, 283, two touchdowns. And, uh, you know, look, from a fantasy perspective, I like Rashad White a lot. From a, a bell cow back perspective, not so much. He's, yeah. he's not I mean, twenty problem. carries for thirty-nine yards and touchdown. I'm like, eh. He can have stretches, yeah, where he can be a he's a bell cow stretch player, but he's not a seasonal bell cow. I, I I think that that Rashad White at this point, you can look at him as as like your change of pace back, where every now and then, if your if your bell cow guy goes down, he can fill in, right? Two to three games, yeah, sort of like yeah. the backup quarterback situation. Yeah. Just, and, and and Rashad White is is that kind of player, and he's not going to be your bell cow back. From a fantasy football perspective, I love him because he gets me all kinds of points, right? Yeah. But, but from a, from a, a strictly a, a bell cow running back situation, he ain't the guy. They, they got to get a true bell cow back over there. Plenty in the draft, by the way. I'm, I'm excited to go over those uh, running backs in the draft when the, when the time comes and we start going over that stuff. And we'll start going over that stuff. Probably about the divisional round of the playoffs, we'll start talking about our top guys. Bootleg B team coming up. Yep, yep. So that'll that'll be uh, on the way. But uh, Baker Mayfield looked damn good. Mike Evans, seven receptions, eighty-six now yards, Mike two Evans, touchdowns. Mike Evans is here. He ain't on the way. Mike Evans is here. This yep. is a hey, look at me. I'm about to get a big bag from somebody, and it ain't gonna be Tampa. He ain't gonna want to be there, man. Right. They, but what if they win? That's, what if, if they win? What if they win the division? What if they go to the playoffs? What if they win a playoff game Tom, at home? What if? What if? But and and that's the other question. What what about Chris Godwin? That's true. What about yeah. Chris Godwin? I mean, yeah. they're they're both kind of in the same boat, and I don't know that Tampa can afford both. No, so one of them's got to go. And I, I love Trey Palmer, bootleg B team stand up. Yep. It's just there's there's questions in that receiver room moving into the offseason and and I I'm curious as to whether or not Tampa is going to be willing to pay Mike Evans at this point. Well, and, they're going to have to they really who they're really going to have to pay. They're going to have to pay some defensive players. Yeah, that's and that's that's another issue in itself. You know, Levante David. You're gonna I and mean, you got to pay some guys, and and they're going to have to choke up the money. And I don't know if they have the cap space to do it. And we'll have to look at their cap space. You know, moving into the offseason, but you know the Bucks. They got questions moving to the offseason. And then also, you got the Jags sitting at 8 and 7. Trevor Lawrence, uh, 17 for 29, 211, a touchdown, two picks in this game. Trevor Lawrence is streaky, streaky this year. He's been, yeah. You know, there's been these moments where Trevor Lawrence will blow up. And then we have moments like this where, where Trevor Lawrence just 
he gets found out, and he got found out. And understanding Trevor Lawrence is hurt, he did suffer a shoulder injury in this and game. And he was coming off of a concussion. If I'm Jacksonville, why yep. number one? Why did you play him? Why'd you trot him out there? And, and uh, more more bad news. He has officially been ruled out for his Week 17 game against the Panthers. I cannot say I blame them. C.J. Bathard to get the start in that one. Um, so I mean, that'll be interesting to say the least. But but Lawrence, you know. How, how does that affect their ability to clinch the AFC South? Because, I mean, it's in jeopardy. It affects it a lot. C.J. Bethard, I look, I like Bethard as a backup, but I, I, is he is he Trevor Lawrence? No. I, and and no, Trevor, he he looks good in relief. Yeah. Yeah. Right. In relief against a, against, and here's my thing, against a bad Tampa Bay defense. You got Trevor Lawrence coming off of a concussion. Now he suffers a shoulder injury. You're just before the playoffs. You're trying to clinch the division. You're 8-7 and seven right now. And you're putting him out there. Just put Bethard out there and hope for the best. The Bucks' yeah. defense hasn't been anything to write home about this year. Their pass defense has been abysmal. And you're going to go out and trot your concussed quarterback out there? Why? Yeah. Why? That makes sense. It, it doesn't make sense. And, uh, you know, I, I Travis Etienne has a, it's six carries. Six carries? Yeah. And, and, you know, another thing. How does Travis Etienne only get three catches in this game for 19 yards? It, it makes no sense. You have this this team who's six. bad against the pass. Six, six carries for 12 yards. you got a team that's bad against the pass, and you've got a great change of pace back in Travis Etienne. You've got a yeah. guy who can is a very all-around kind of guy, yeah. and you're not throwing him the football in the flat. You're not. Yeah. You're not. No, why? especially with the injuries to and possible unavailability of Zay Jones for the game. Parker Washington not really a. Uh, not really a factor yet. He had a he had a, a, a good game the uh, last week, yep. but you know, but not a factor uh, thus far. Yeah, he, pair of catches know. in this one, you know. Yeah, I mean. Evan Ingram 10, uh, 10 for ninety five from the tight end spot. But you you need all hands on deck, and Travis Etienne is one of your better players on that offensive side. Yeah, so use him. yeah use him, and actually a guy that stepped in that they should have been using that that and, and finally did did the job. You know, finally. Did his part, Calvin Ridley. Six receptions, 90 yards, two touchdowns. Ooh, it's about time. Man, it's about been, time. Yeah. Right? He had the, the first game, everybody, oh, Calvin Ridley. Yeah. And then he slowly disappeared. And, and then he, he and it popped up again. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> it's like a jack in the box. Yeah. Every yeah. now and then he's like, oh, I'm here. Yeah. You know, it's it was a, a, an In iffy a situation. Calvin Ridley. I don't know that the Jags win this division. And, and, and I, I don't think so either starting to look like the Houston Texans could take this division. CJ Stroud's coming back yep, and they yep. have two two very winnable games against the Titans and the Colts. Right. Uh, the, from here on out, the Texans are having division games here so they can really make a case for that AFC South. Yeah, I, I'm with you there and, and I, I think the Texans really are going to have this thing under yeah. control. CJ Stroud coming back. And Nico Collins coming back on the field. Noah Brown. Noah back Brown. On the field. I mean, it's the the Texans are getting their players back at the right, the time, right time to try and get this division. They could wind up in a playoff spot. They could wind up with an NFC or an AFC South title. Yeah. It it, it got yeah. interesting real quick. If they do yeah. that, I think we're talking about D'Amico Ryan's right now as, yeah. as coach, coach of the year. Of the year. Yeah. Yes. You go. You go from dumpster fire to best move in the draft. Yep. Yeah. Best, you know, but most improved team, you know, I, I would 
argue the Lions are the most improved team, but this is but this is like for a one year turnaround. Yeah. This is this is incredible. Because well, we've seen the know. Lions transform for the last two three, three years. That's yeah. right. Uh, you know, I, I caught myself there. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, this is like the best year single year turnaround in in the NFL, in my opinion. If the te- the Texans can pull it off, and and the Texans, they it, it's crazy to see that they're they turned it around the way they did on the backs of really two players. Yep. Two guys. Yep. I mean, because because Stroud has elevated so, everybody around him. So for all these people that say, oh, it takes so long. Oh, it's three-year process. No. 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 You when can you turn make it the right moves, you can do it tomorrow. Yep. That's it. Yep. Uh, speaking of teams that made the right moves, the Dolphins go out and beat the Cowboys 22-20. to The Dolphins, man. Uh, this made me so happy. Yeah, the Dolphins, man, 11-4 and four on the year. They <laughs> <laughs> the playoff spot. Uh, yes. There were, geez, and Aaron Rodgers is healing at listening to the show. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yep. So much better. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but uh, the Miami Dolphins go to a tongue of a low of 24 for 37, 293. He had a touchdown on the day. Uh, Raheem must start, and that's what we're calling him on the show. Yeah, today. Yeah. 11 carries, 46 yards. Tyree Kill, man, in spite of the ankle injury, nine receptions, 99 yards, leads the team. Uh, you know, and the the Cowboys and the Dolphins, these are two heavy hitters. These are two heavyweight. This is a heavyweight battle, and we knew yeah. it was going to be a heavyweight battle. Big time offense. Yeah, buddy. And and good, you know what? Two good defenses, too, by the way. You know, and, and the, the Cowboys yeah. defense, were they – Look, they struggled against the run in, in a previous matchup against the Bills. Yeah. But then you look at what they do against the Dolphins, who have been running the ball pretty effectively all year, and they, they shut down the yeah, Dolphins' they, run game. They did. With, even with, with Mustard and A-Chain and, and Wilson, didn't matter. Didn't matter. Didn't, they, it didn't matter did. who it was. They did. Yep. And, they, yep. They, they and, really and, and Tyreek Hill, you know, is a is – a, uh, go ahead. Keep going. Yeah, Hill, Hill is something else, man. Coming in with an ankle injury, dealing with that, and getting nine receptions for 99 yards and pacing the team there. He He's got- 324 yards from the from the receiving record in a single season. And yep. and over these next two games, that is an average of 162. I don't you know, think- if, if he can get better, it's possible. It, I, I, don't, I don't think it's happening because there's right. uh, the injury to Jalen Waddle. Yep. The, there's injuries to uh, Raheem Mustard himself, mm-hmm. so the offense is going to be a little bit hobbled coming into it. He's already hobbled, he being Hill, and if he's pressing too much, yeah, that's when it doesn't happen. And the defenses are going to be prepared, and they're, he's he's going to be looking at some heavy coverage. Really, the Dolphins need to be in deep playoff run mode. Especially, no. especially against the defense that they're going to be playing tomorrow in the Baltimore Ravens. No. I mean, you you know that, and, yeah. and without Jalen Waddle on the field, you know that it's going to be a tough day at the office. Yeah, uh, you know, dealing with that and, and protect your quarterback. And then they got a showdown with the Buffalo Bills uh, on Sun, uh, the following Sunday on January seventh, for weekend. a po- a possible division championship matchup. There yep. you go. And they've already lost. The Dolphins have already lost to the Bills. Yeah, they got they got slapped around by him. So I mean, this is going to be an interesting thing to say the least. Uh, but but uh, you know, do I think he hits the record? Probably not. Would it be fun to see? Absolutely. But we're going to see what Tyreek Hill can do. Uh, but against this Cowboys team, he he played strong football. As for the Cowboys, you know, Tony Pollard, he's not a number one back. We've said it multiple nope. times. He tried to told you. Yeah, I dude, I. 
give me Rico Dowdle all day. Well, here's the deal. I mean, when you when you carry the ball 12 times and you only get 38 yards out of it, there's a problem. I want to see. I want to see what you got in Rico Dowdle. Here's the I thing. Do. Here's the thing. The offensive line of the Cowboys is still a little still a little injured, and the defense of the Dolphins has been very good, especially with uh, Jalen Waddle on the field. Now, Xavier Howard's a very good uh, corner in his own right, but with Jalen Waddle on the field. You mean Jalen Ramsey? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. That, yes. the, that secondary, whew. Yeah. And, and the entire, he affects the entire defense in a posi- in such a positive way. Because even with Xavier Howard just by himself, you could you could still find success. Yeah. Right? Right. But with Waddle, keep selling for Waddle. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey, Ramsey yeah. man. Well, and, and you, yeah. that's that's one thing I will say is as soon as Ramsey came back uh, in, in middle of the year, you know the the Dolphins' defense transformed because yes. they were bad early on in the year, yeah. and and they transformed as soon as he came back, and he's a key cog to cut that the, whole thing. Now. Cut the yards in half that they yeah. were giving up. Cut the points in half that they were giving up. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, you gotta love what the Dolphins did there. As for the Cowboys, I mean, Dak Prescott, 20 for 32, 253, two touchdowns. He was efficient. C.D. Lamb, six receptions, 118 and a touchdown. Uh, They they gave him – he couldn't do it when they needed him to do it. Yeah. Throughout the game, he was – he being Dak Prescott was not getting the ball where it needed to be to convert when necessary. And, and again, what what have I been saying? Yeah, when you need it. You can't know, get it done. can't get it done. Uh, the Cowboys, man, they, they got uh, a showdown with Detroit this this upcoming week. That'll be an exciting one. It's actually tonight at eight fifteen. So get ready for that one. And then they also uh, uh, their their last game of the year. I I don't even know who they're facing. Last game of the year, they got the Commanders. So that one could be a yeah. Uh, I I think it's a kind of a known fact that one's going to be a beating. You know, yeah, it's, I mean it's yeah, it's a foregone conclusion. I mean you but you have a you have no defense. Riverboat runs on his way out, and you know Sam Howell's getting benched. You know Jacoby Brissett's questionable this week. More on that. Uh, you know it, it, it's a crapshoot. Yeah. But it, and it's also the last. It's the last game of the regular season. It's a divisional game. Who knows? It's a crapshoot. That that game could be for the division. I don't think so because I think the Eagles uh, who beat the the, uh, the, the Eagles are going to win this division. You so, think so? Yeah, I believe the, it, it's the Eagles' division to lose, and the Cowboys' Commanders' game will be simply proceeding to make sure Dallas can stay at home yeah. for the first round. Eagles have a soft schedule moving into the next two weeks. They got Cardinals and Giants. They had Giants last week as well. We'll be talking about that in a second. Well, we already talked about it, but. Um, or we'll be talking about in a second here. No, it was a Monday night game. It was on Christmas. But, uh, you know, they got the Cardinals next week, which should be a soft. Should. Yeah. But the Cardinals have been playing teams weirdly tough all year. It's been strange. The Cardinals yeah. will just pop up and just win some stupid game that, you know, I'm like, what, what is going on here? The Cardinals just won. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens with it. But the Cardinals. Here's a game they didn't win, though, uh, if we're going to get into it. Yeah, but we're, we're right here. The, the Cardinals lost to the Bears 27-16. By the way, Chicago has been weirdly hot lately. Called it. Yeah, weirdly hot late in the season when it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what it yeah. is. 
Uh, Justin Fields, 15 for 27. He wasn't great. 15 for 27, 170, a touchdown and a pick. Yeah, well, he was great on the ground. He was great on the ground, exactly. And that's that's Because that's his game. That's his lane. Nine for 97 and a touchdown. See, Justin Fields, uh, let's, okay, he's a poor man's Lamar. What were we saying about uh, Cam Newton? What were you we saying? Runs about the Cam yeah, Newton. Spread offense. Yeah. Yeah. Look one look read, one. take off. If the receiver or the tight end isn't open, yep, take, take off. off. Yep. And that's that's kind of what he's been doing. Nine carries, ninety-seven yards. He had a touchdown. He also threw for one. I mean, it it's one of those things where like like I said, poor man's yeah. Lamar. And that's that's kind of what he is. Too many incomplete passes on third down yeah. when you need <laughs> Yeah, and that's that was a big thing for him. Yeah, and that's a, a factor of where I believe he's going to get traded. Yep, third down efficiency, 7 for 16 in this one. Or, I'm sorry, 8 for 15 for Chicago. And I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. At I mean, home, too. Like, at home, bro. Yeah. Uh, I just, and the Cardinals defense, come on, bro. Yeah, they're, they're bad. Kyler Murray, 24 for 38, 232 touchdowns. James Conner, 12 carries for 45 yards. James Conner also led the team in receiving eight, five receptions, 67 yards, and a touchdown. Number one, they need a receiver over there. They just don't have anything. They've got Trey McBride over there, who's a damn good tight end. Uh, but receiving-wise, Hollywood is always hurt. I, yeah. I mean, you just water, water yeah. fingers brown. I yeah. love, I've loved Michael Wilson, but uh, he's been ineffective and injured for some of the season. Yeah, for a good portion of the season. Yeah, I, I just, I have questions about about the Cardinals. They, they need weapons. They and. You know, you got a mobile quarterback in Kyler Murray, but your offensive line is still getting him just beat up on. And it's still old. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's you got you got a pretty high draft pick coming up. Use it wisely. Yeah, they they're gonna. If I were them, I'd be considering trading down for whichever team has two picks later oh. than me. You yeah. know, and saying, "All right, we'll swap it. You give me you give me uh, uh, you know, to your two first rounders, and we'll move you up to. I think the Cardinals right now are picking three. So I mean, it's it, I'd have to look, but I think it's three. But I, I that's that's what I would be. I would trade that out. offensive line. Yeah, solidify the line. Go get if, yourself a weapon in the second round. Just fix it. Yeah, because if you're not going to get rid of Kyler Murray, if you're not going to trade him, so let's protect him. Yeah, you insulate him. You you are in a rebuild here with Cardinals. We, even with even with having a star quarterback, you are in a rebuild. Yeah, that's what it is. So uh, the Cardinals go out. They they drop one to the Bears. It, it it's almost it's bad and it's good for the Bears. Like yeah. the Bears are going to wind up with number one pick because Carolina is so bad. Okay, but the Bears also on their own pick they're killing their own pick on yeah. top. Yeah. They're they're moving themselves down in that top ten. Yeah. You know, and they're going to wind up with a top ten pick. But but, but I'm just like you're you're killing it, your own draft pick here. But who cares? Because it's the Bears. <laughs> I mean the I mean the Bears should. And it's an organization. Listen, organizational failure. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. 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 Exactly. What so, it is. who cares? I'll, I'll, I'll I said it last week. I said it this week. Who cares? <laughs> with, with the caveat, if they have the right GM and head coach, but beyond that, who cares? Yeah, and and I, I just I don't know. I I have issues with with what the Bears are are currently doing. I I I would be sitting here kind of tanking my way down. If looking at the the current NFL draft order for the upcoming season, you know you, the Bears do wind up they have the number one pick because Carolina's awful. Arizona's sitting at three and twelve right now. This could be a situation where Arizona is looking at a potential number one, depending if Carolina actually wins something. 
Arizona has lost two. Washington is also sitting in a situation. By the way, Washington is in talks right now trying to get number one from the Bears. But the Bears now have sunk down to nine, you know, in the, in the draft order. So two bad organizations are trying to get there. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're trying to, to... Well, we'll see yeah, about Washington we'll then, now that they've changed... Now that they've changed management, we'll see. Now that they're under new management, we'll, yeah. we'll see how Washington does. But we we know what Arizona has done. We know what Chicago does. Right. And Arizona, let's not forget, also has a second draft pick uh, at 16th overall. So, I mean, if Arizona were to trade down, because they, they did get the pick from Houston uh, or from this season because they traded out, and that's what, uh, got Houston, Stroud, and Anderson and all that good stuff, right? Yeah. So, Arizona... They have two picks in the first round if they were to trade out with somebody. And and that's what why I'm, uh, Chicago might be smart to trade out of that first pick with Arizona. That might be the spot. But the thing is, I don't know that Arizona is really looking at a quarterback at this point. I think for some for some reason, they're sold on Kyler Murray. Yeah, they're, if they didn't bench him, I've been saying it for weeks. If they at least bench him this week, yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> at least do it. <laughs> yeah, the guy was sick, and now he's so. Just yeah. let him get his double XP weekends in for crying out loud. Let the guy, let the guy live. Let but, him, let him go play his video games. Yeah, but like, uh, unless there's contractual bonuses attached to it or, or whatever, I would definitely be having him sit down and, and rest the rest of the season. Yeah, but the Cardinals are the Cardinals. Yeah, well, so we'll see what they do. I mean, it's. It's interesting. They've got right now pick two and pick 16 as it stands. So, uh, and it really depends on what Houston does. They, if, they, if, they're, if they're looking at Houston, they're hoping Houston uh, uh, just goes out and, and uh, you know, tanks. So, yeah. so um, as it currently stands, that that's how it is. But the Bears go out and uh, beat the Cardinals here <laughs> or hurt their own draft spot. Talk, talk about how- <laughs> and and it, yeah. but, but that thing, they, they, it was a double-edged sword. Yeah, it's a double-edged both, sword for you, both teams. But it is. It, well, it's double-edged sword. You hurt your own draft spot. Yeah. Right for for your own draft pick. Yeah. You know, but then you also beat the Cardinals, yeah. who are at two. Yeah. You could sacrifice number one. You 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 did a double whammy there. You yeah. you screwed yourself on your yep. on your your pick and, and your potential number one. Yep. By by winning that game organizational <laughs> I, I i mean i look i understand you don't want to tank yeah but if i'm doing that if i'm in that situation i know my season's old right yeah. there's okay let's uh let's see what the backup looks like right let's have a look yeah have a look yeah hey, tyson bajan let's I, go because yeah, i don't know because i don't know if, <laughs> if uh if uh ryan poles or not Paul, uh, pace and, and, and those well, it's guys poles back, it's poles yeah. over there it's a former the former kansas city guy yeah who knows if he's coming back? Yeah, but, but I mean, he sure as hell ain't taking the North and, and never giving it back and yada yada yada. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, next up, Patriots go out and beat the Broncos 26 23. Surprise, uh, surprise. Oh boy. Uh, Weird surprise. Plenty, plenty, plenty of drama behind this, uh, behind uh, one of these teams. More on that in a minute. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of that going on. New England sitting at number four draft-wise. Uh, you know, they hurt their own pick. They wind up behind Washington, and then Washington's at three. But there's a plethora of quarterbacks that available. Yeah. yeah, yeah. this is a strong quarterback class, uh, and that's what they need. Bailey Zappi, 25 for 33, 256, two touchdowns. Russ Wilson, 25 for 37, 238, two touchdowns. Believe it or not. Believe it or not, 
both quarterbacks played technically, technically mistake-free football. Technically. You know, yeah. uh, Russ Wilson has a pissing match on the sideline with with John Payton and his butthole-looking mouth, uh, and there we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, spoiler alert: Russell Wilson is benched and yeah. possibly will be cut. Yeah, probably. Will yeah. Be cut. When I first heard that news, my my exact reaction was, "What?" Yeah, a forty-five million dollar dead cap hit. Yeah, that, that is that is just ugly. Yeah, like you you the, this this is the epitome of an organizational failure. Yeah, yeah and but to be fair, this is an organizational failure on the previous regime, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and and the the Patriots, you know, it, it's. It, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I think the Belichick era is over. I, I do think Belichick is going to be gone, and there's been a lot of rumors swirling about Billy Belly, you know, going going bye bye, and uh, and his hoodies and, and all his you know his gruff stuff, where he only where the longest he's ever talked about was a long snapper, and you know all this other stuff. But I, I just the Patriots are a nightmare, um, and and the Broncos are are a nightmare right now, and then. And the Patriots go out and win the game. Yeah, Patriots right. go out and win 26-23 in, in what was honestly a a giant douche taking on a turd sandwich. It was yeah, pretty man. bad. Nobody want, Here's the thing. You're, it's on Christmas Eve. Nobody, who wanted to play this game? Right. <laughs> who wanted to play this game and who wanted to watch this game? Yeah. I know I didn't. I didn't want to watch it. I didn't watch a second. I, could, I couldn't believe they put it on Christmas Eve in a primetime position, too. Right. I Ugh. couldn't believe that. Ugh. What a shit show. Give us a gift, NFL. If you're really going to yeah. do it, give us a gift. Yeah. Don't give us this. Well, this is cold in my stocking. Well, I'll tell you what. They gave us some gifts on Christmas. Uh, the Raiders go out and beat the Chiefs 20-14. to 14. Uh, Look, this one was actually kind of... How? How do Look, look. How do you win a game with Aiden O'Connell going nine for twenty-one for sixty-two yards? What? Here's here's how. When the Chiefs get too cute, yeah, that's how. Yeah, they got cute. Let me let me tell you something. All these commercials and all this all this social media and all this Taylor Swift is at the game and all oh, she's in the press box and they're showing her every other play oh he caught the ball look and now let's get a reaction this has oh, all yeah. been distraction yeah. brother. And, oh give me give me the nuggies I want the yeah. nuggies this has all been distraction <laughs> this has all been smoke and mirrors yep. this has all been just cutesy uh, uh, roses and, and rainbows let's call it what it is it's bullshit yeah it's and bullshit. when you look at it these dudes aren't producing on the field. Yep. Right? It's- Travis Kelsey has possibly one of the worst games of his co- of his career. Five catches, 44 yards. Yeah, he has- know, And Kadarius Tony, you know, doing Kadarius Tony things. No, but Patrick Mahomes is seen in ghosts. Yep. He is unsure of who he's going to throw Are the ball to. Are you saying he's, he's Sam Darnold seeing ghosts? Man. <laughs> He, he looks uncomfortable in the pocket. Yep. He's moving around, running around way too much. And yep. he's allowing himself to get sacked. Yeah. He's running. They've, they've made a living off of these off script, you know, seemingly crazy, zany plays. And they and they have gotten away from playing fundamentally sound football. Yeah. 
And that's been a problem. Yeah, they've made too many off-script plays that that wow you. Oh, like a uh, couple weeks ago, when Travis Kelsey, he's about to get tackled, and uh, and he pitches it to uh, Kadarius Tony, yep. and and Kadoni runs for the touchdown. Huge celebration. It's the dusty finish, right? Yep. Oh, there was a penalty. Yep, I'll bring it back. Offsides. Because Kadarius Tony lined up offsides. Yep. What the fuck? And, and over. Over. That, that, at that point, you know, that was the point. That that call and, and Patrick Mahomes' reaction to that call, chewing out the referees, and he and Andy Reid getting fined, and, and the team getting fined for saying, you know, bad things about the refs. And look, we, we talk shit about the refs on this show. You know, more than you know, more than usual, and we always also we always say, do not put it in the refs' hands. But you know, at this point, you know, here's and this is another problem. You know why they're getting too cute. You are staring down the possibility that not only will you not win the AFC West, you may also. People are talking about, oh, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to have a road playoff game for the first time in the Mahomes era. Dudes, you are looking at the possibility that you will not make the playoffs. Right. With 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 the arguably the greatest quarterback of this generation. Yeah. There's an yeah. outside shot that they may not. Yeah. And and look, I, I, I my here's a few things. Number one, Rasheed Rice should be your number one the most trusted receiver of Patrick Mahomes and Punch yep he's been spectacular this year absolutely spectacular bootleg B team out of SMU hey I got it right right I yep. think that's right yep so I like Rasheed Rice a lot out of this draft class receiver wise him and Tank Dell have been my two favorite guys out of, the, out of this draft class receiver wise <laughs> yeah they, they both been a spectacular both bootleg B team guys both were spectacular Rasheed Rice is so trusted, and they need to use him more. <clears throat> and and I think Patrick Mahomes is, you know, like, uh, it takes 21 days to, to make a new habit, right? Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes got so focused on Travis Kelsey for so many years. Yeah. And now he's got a number one receiver. He doesn't know what the hell to do with him nope. because he, he's never had, the, never had one at his disposal that like much. that. Yeah. Yeah. He's never had it. And now he's got that luxury, and, he, and he's he's starting to get make his way into using him correctly. I think with with a true off season, now that we know that Rice is number one, I think Patty Mahomes is going to be targeting him a lot more come next season. You know, hey, fantasy owners, put him on your list. But Rice is going to be a good player come next year. He's going to be much better next year than he is this year, and, and that's saying something. I, I think the injuries to Jarek McKinnon, and Isaiah Pacheco, Pacheco yeah, yeah. lately have disrupted the offensive flow, <clears throat> yes. especially with the run game and the inane play calling. I cannot. Why are you trying some sort of flea flicker deal in your? Now I didn't watch a whole lot of this. It was Christmas. It was ugly. It, it's time for family, right? Opening up gifts, being with one another, showing some love, sharing some love. I was footballed out. I got to admit it. So I only watched just a few minutes of this game. But what I saw, it disgusted me to no end to try some trick play on your own end of the field. It gets foiled, and the and and the Raiders end up with a touchdown. Out uh, they end up with a touchdown the very next play. Yeah, and and it 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 gets me 
it blows my mind like some of the times we talk about the Chiefs getting too cute and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, these, yeah. these ring around the rosies yeah. before you, you break yeah. the huddle and all this bullshit. Yeah. What are we doing? Right? What are we doing? Play football. Yeah. What is this? The fucking little giants? Like, Thank you. Give me a break. Thank you. Play the game. Thank you. <clears throat> and so then, all due respect to the Raiders for this one. Yeah. Antonio Pierce doing a wonderful job yep. at, at the head coach spot. I do bringing think the players together. I do think they need a new quarterback. I don't think Aiden O'Connell's the answer. But, Aiden O'Connell! But I will say this. <laughs> Look. Nine of 21. Yeah. But I will say this. And, and. If you are not bringing back Josh Jacobs next year, you already have your running back in the future. I like Zamir White a lot. Here's the thing about Zamir White. Every time he's come in, he's produced. Every time. He 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 has. Every time. He I, has. I, I, I look over and I say, look, 22 carries, 145 yards against the Chiefs defense, who's actually been really good this year. It's been really good, especially at home and when yeah. they needed it. In the fourth quarter, two minutes and what? It was two minutes, 46 seconds yep. left. What did they do? They, they gave handed it the ball to Samir White. White, and he runs for like a 30-yard run yeah. and just breaks their back. Did did whatever he wanted. And I and I love that yeah. about that game. I will give it up to Samir uh, White on this one. I need to see a little bit more, but Samir White was very good at uh, Georgia. Yep. And uh, he I, he I came out like, he came out earlier this year. He had to come into a game. Yeah. And he did well in that game too. Yeah. I mean, he's been good. I like Samir White. I, I, you know, and I, I think he can be your number one back. I think he can be a true bell cow back, and it it shows here. Twenty two carries for one hundred and forty five yards, a six six average. That's that's nothing to sneeze at. And he was running like his hair was on fire. Yeah, yeah. Because they wanted it. They and I tell you what, they wanted it more than the Chiefs did. The Chiefs walked into their own stadium and thought. We're going to win just because we're the Chiefs. Yeah. They forgot. You actually have to play this game. Yeah. And yeah. the Raiders showed them flat out. Yep. And, All and due respect. I, I just, I I like Samir White. I, I really do. I The Raiders, hey, hey let Jacobs go. Let him go. Okay, I don't know. Yeah, Josh Jacobs. Even without without Josh Jacobs, they go out. The Raiders they still do it. Yeah. Come on, man. That's that's something. And the that's, Raiders might best round make the playoffs. Yeah. It's, it's saying something. If they make the playoffs, man, it, look. And this is, I swear, if this becomes another Rich Passaccia situation, <laughs> yeah, we 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 produce with a with a backup coach, yeah, and quarterback, and they get rid of them. Yeah, they yeah. they go and dump them. <laughs> uh, and, uh, get ready for it, because because I could. You want to talk organizational Organization. favor? Oh, failure. Oh my dear lord, get ready for that. Talk about it. Oh, because yeah. it's coming. Yeah, that shit's coming. Uh, next up, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles go out and beat the New York Giants 33-25. to Tyrod Taylor, 7 for 16, 133, one touchdown, one pick. Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait. Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. Oh, you mean Tony DeVito didn't? Yeah, well, Tony oh. DeVito played. He oh, got Tommy benched. He got, oh. he got benched, 9 for 16, 55 yards. Tyrod Taylor led the team, though. Tyrod is the better quarterback. Tyrod, no, Tyrod, and Tyrod Taylor is set to start for the Giants this week. So, I mean, get ready thing. for that. Tommy DeVito, all due respect, he had his moment on Monday night. Oh, God. He, no, listen. He had his moment on Monday night when they beat the Packers. His parents in the in the, in the crowd, the, the, the family, the whole thing, the New York love. He had his Vince Papali moment, uh, right? Yeah, that's all it was. Right? That's what it was. Hey, yo, hey, I'm Tommy Cutlets. Hey, yeah. Get out of here. You're looking at... 
that was his career. Yeah. On it. That was his career. That was it. <laughs> that was it. it. <laughs> and no, hey, and, and that's okay too. That was it. But that you want to talk about a huge a, a life highlight, that, right? That's it. I won, won on Monday Night Football. Won on Monday Night Football in yeah. in at home against the. Packers who had been <laughs> undefeated in December in the Matt LaFleur era. Yeah. That is a great pick. That's a, a feather in the cap for his career, but it's all over. It is over. And Your 15 Hurts, minutes uh, of fame have expired, sir. Yeah, TikTok. Let me tell you something uh, about this game. First of all, Saquon Barkley looked like Saquon Barkley, finally. Uh, 23 yep. 80 yards and a touchdown. He had a it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he finally did something. Uh, and, well, and, I mean, I guess it did matter because it was a divisional opponent, but still. You know who I feel bad for in this in this situation? I feel bad for, for Darius Slate. Because Darius yep. Slayton, for the last several years, has, has been, been consistently their best guy, right? Yeah. And and here we are. He three three receptions for ninety yards and a touchdown. He has suffered so much because of bad quarterback play, because of organizational failures. You, you, how do you go? I I wouldn't assign Daniel Jones if my life depended on it. I wouldn't (sighs) assign Darren Waller. Yeah, well, and you know, I like Darren Waller a lot. I think he's a really good tight end, but he doesn't. Fit this system? No, brother. We just got done talking about the great tight end class yep. that that was this past draft. Yeah, why don't there you go draft one? Just draft one. Yeah, no way. I'm going to bring in a, a, an aging veteran who had injury concerns coming into the season, and then he got hurt again this year. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think. How many times on this podcast have we said, "Okay, what's the over under? He gets hurt. What's the over under? Yeah. Yeah, how how what, how long before he gets hurt?" Also, and, and maybe I'm the only one that noticed this, but last year, Daniel Bellinger was really really good for the Giants, and down the stretch, yeah. getting in the end zone, he was excellent in the red zone. He's a solid tight end, better blocker than receiver, but he's capable when called upon. Right. So so. Can can we just say, oh hey, let's let's yeah. get a receiving tight end out of the draft and lean on. Imagine Dalton Kincaid over there. Yeah. Imagine if Kincaid. Yeah. Imagine Michael Mayer over there. Or just use Daniel Bellinger at the as a blocking tight end. Yeah. Where he's very good at, and just use your freaking receiver. Yeah. Jalen Hyatt, Wandale Robinson, Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins. I, I you know he was still. I'm he, I'm, he was I'm not. Good. To be fair, I'm not sold on Wandale Robinson. I I, I haven't. Been. But, but the great, great athlete, yeah. right? You can you you put Isaiah Hodgins on the outside. You put Darius Slayton on the outside. You work Wondell Robinson and, and yeah. Sterling Shepard and, and some of those guys in in the slot. If Sterling Shepard can ever stay healthy, true for Christ's sake, true. But well, you <laughs> Jalen Hyatt, you know, maybe you put Jalen Hyatt on the outside. But I put Jalen Hyatt in the slot and but, have him just go. And ham that's my thing is, is J- Jalen Hyatt vertical routes. Vertical right? routes. I would have him. Doing the Tory Smith special all yeah. game long, yeah. all game. Yeah. That's what he's good at. That's yeah. his. That's his best thing. That's his game. You know. So I, I just, uh, um, you know, to me, you know, give me, give me uh, uh, a new quarterback over there. It's time. Giants are going to draft one right now. Giants are sitting there. Uh, the they have the fifth overall pick. So I mean. But they, they still have Danny Dimes signing that forty five million dollar deal. And what a, what did I what did I say? It's a mess. He's not the guy. He's not the guy. We all knew he was not the guy. But they paid him instead of Saquon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Silly, oh, silly bullshit. Uh. <laughs> but Dave Gettleman sneak in the back door. 
Yep. Yeah. Or organizational fail. Organizational yep. fail. That's it. Over on the Eagles side, Jalen Hurts, 24 for 38, 301, one touchdown, one pick. Bouncing uh, back. Yeah, he's, he is bouncing back a little bit. He's a little banged up. The nice thing for him, he's got three soft matchups. For the you know he this was the first one yeah now he's got Cardinals next week yeah. and he's got Giants the following week you know that's yeah that's right. gonna that's gonna hope well for they for their sake hopefully salt away the division and just go. say this is ours and then you come into the playoffs hot yep and then you look over uh, AJ Brown looking like AJ Brown six receptions eighty yards Devontae Smith had four receptions seventy nine and a touchdown hey Dallas Goddard making a comeback seven receptions for seventy one so he's come back. Uh, big brilliantly time. off to that uh, broken forearm. Big time. Um, and then also DeAndre Swift, man, hey, he's had the best year of his career. 20 carries, 92 yards in a TD, a 4-6 average. This is the Eagles looking like the Eagles. Now, granted, they're beating a bad team here, but at least the Eagles look like the Eagles. Uh, and, yeah. and uh, by the way, a guy that is somewhat of an unsung hero here, Kenneth Gainwell. Oh, my God. All last year in the playoffs, he looked like a world beater. Kenny G. And then now he looks like a world beater. I like him a lot. And I also want to give a, a big ups to Grant Calcaterra. I like him a lot. You asked me a few weeks ago, who's the backup in, in yeah, it's Calcaterra? Grant Calcaterra. Yeah. He started yeah. his career in Oklahoma. Then he uh, uh, went to SMU, retired for, for a year due to some uh, health issues. But he came back. And uh, now showing up in NFL, and hey, he's a very good receiving tight end. He knows how to get open. He runs seam routes brilliantly. He catches the ball very well. Tough runner after the catch. Also, they're they're developing him to be the next Goddard in yeah. this situation because Goddard is an aging tight end at this point. So that is a thing. And then last, and the least, Eagles win, so we fly high. Kaka! Oh, he couldn't get that high. <laughs> like I was expecting, man. Uh, next up, the Ravens go out and beat the Niners 33-19. This was the Christmas present of a game, but it didn't turn out to be a very big, a very good Christmas present. Brock Purdy looked abysmal in this game. 18 for 32, 255, 4. What did I say last week? Brock Purdy was the weak link on the Niners team, and this Ravens defense rattled him so bad that he yeah. turned that he threw four picks. Yeah, they, I mean. Was- they harassed him. They were in his face. They were beating him up in the pocket and, and going 18 for 32 for 255, four interceptions is just well, ugly. When you lose ugly. Williams yeah. yep. in this game at the tackle position, and they lost another uh, offensive line there. The, the name is Cape Smith. Uh, they had some, some issues with protection along the offensive line. And I, and that and like you said, Alex, it rattled Purdy. And as good as Purdy has been all season – there's his limitations, and his yeah. limitations showed up on Christmas night. The worst night of the year for that to occur. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, the Ravens, they <laughs> suffered some injuries of their own. Kyle Hamilton, who was having a great game in this situation, he was he was having a great game, and he wound up uh, uh, going to the bench at one point. Zay Flowers, he was hurt, but he played in this game. Nine receptions, yeah. 72 yards, and a touchdown. Had himself an excellent game. Uh, Lamar Jackson doing what Lamar Jackson does, buddy. Uh, 23 for 35, 252, two touchdowns. He ran seven times for 45 yards. He looked calm. He looked collected. He looked like he was in control every step of the way. On the road. On the road in San Francisco. everything on the line. Yep. Right? The show. This is NFC, right? This is for seeding. This is to see who's 
hey, you got to come through Baltimore to win this deal. Right. Right? And yep. nut cutting time. Yep. Everything on the line. Lamar showed up. I'm going to give him another slow clap. Yeah. Let's give him his flowers. Speaking of flowers, Zay Flowers with nine catches of 72 yards in the team. So, you know, uh, yeah, the Baltimore Ravens are who we thought they were. Well, and, and you, Boots, to your credit, you've been saying, hey, I don't know if Lamar can do it when you need it. There it is. There it is. He, he can do it. He did it when you needed it. There it is. And, and 33, he went so out and got it. I don't want to hear any more excuses. Yep. 12-3 and three now for the Baltimore Ravens. They are, as, as it currently stands, the best team in football. As it currently stands, the Baltimore Ravens. Yep. Uh, and and Tyler's at down there soaking his jockeys at a, at his mansion. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, Lamar Jackson is he. This is the best football I've seen him play. He was so under control. It just it, it just he was so in control of this game. I was blown away by how calm and collected he was in the pocket. He stood strong. He delivered the football. Zay yep. Flowers looked like king shit of the universe out there making some of the catches that he was making. He led the team with nine catches. The closest to him was three from Isaiah Likely. But Isaiah Likely, big time, big time catches when they yeah. needed. Yeah, I, and, and to his credit, I do believe Isaiah Likely is the next big tight end over there. He's going to develop nicely into the, the next big thing as far as, you know, when Mark Andrews goes and finally says hanging him up because a lot of injuries yeah. piling up on Mark Andrews now. Yeah. You know, but here we are. I don't think they'll move on for Mark Andrews after this season. I think they're going to give him another year uh, in in the system. Yeah, absolutely. And um, now with the NFL or the the current NFL playoff picture. Oh, wait a minute. The Ravens that? won, right? The Ravens won. Yep. So we fly high. There, oh, there it is. <laughs> we're we're finding the the treble there a little bit. Uh, in the current playoff picture right now, the Baltimore Ravens, number one in the AFC. Uh, we, we know that yeah. for sure. Uh, so as, they, got, they, do have, they do have some tests. Uh, you know, they, they do have the Browns nipping at their heels. Uh, you know, they, they haven't. <laughs> and they've split. They've split games with the Browns. Yeah. Mind you. Uh, the teams that have clinched a playoff spot as it currently stands, the Ravens with the number one seed in the AFC. The Dolphins with the two seed in the AFC. So those two teams have clinched. Uh, those two have a showdown this week, tomorrow night. Well, tomorrow afternoon. That's going to be very interesting. Uh, that's going to be a fun one. And then they got the Cleveland Browns, to, and, and they just went out and slapped around the New York Jets, and they clinched their playoff spot. They're sitting at 11-5. and five. They're second in the AFC North. Uh, and, and they're only a game back from that Ravens team. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, but the Browns, the Browns to get to the playoffs. Yeah, the the Browns are in the playoffs and they're with the five seed at the current moment. Yeah. On the NFC side, the Niners are the one seed, the Eagles are the two seed, the Lions are the three seed. They have all three of those teams have clinched. Number five goes to the Dallas Cowboys at the five seed, but they have clinched a playoff spot. So now looking at the in the hunt teams, right? You're looking at the Tampa Bay Bucks right now. They are leading their division. They're going to have to win that division in order to make the playoffs. Right now, if they lose, they have a 67% chance of making the playoffs. Currently, they have an 86% chance of making the playoffs. If they win, it's about a foregone conclusion that they're basically in. Yeah. Uh, the Rams right now, they're as it currently stands, they're ranked as sixth. They're the second in the NFC West, obviously behind the San Francisco 49ers. 
the Rams could make their way into the playoffs. If they lose this week against the Giants, they have a 25% chance of making it. If they win, 87% chance. Big difference. Currently, they had a 65% chance of making the playoffs. And then seventh seed is the Seattle Seahawks. If they lose, they got a 41% chance. If they win, they got an 88% chance. So, I mean, they, they got to win. They're taking on the Steelers defense that has been lights out. Yeah. Currently, they have a 70% a chance of making the playoffs. A team that, unfortunately, Ooh. are Vikings, man. They, if they oh, lose this bubble. week, are on the bubble. The, the Vikings lose this week on the NFC side. They've got the eight seed currently. If they lose, only a 4% chance of making the playoffs. If they win, a 49% chance of making the playoffs. So what the Vikings need, they're going to need some help to get in there. The Vikings are going to have to win, and they're going to hope the Seahawks lose. <laughs> to try and get in there, or, or the Rams. Good luck. Yep, and that's going to be uh, tough to see. The Seahawks taking on Pittsburgh, the Rams taking on the Giants. I think it's a foregone conclusion that I think the three teams that we're looking at, Bucks, Rams, Seahawks, I think all three of them are looking like they're probably going to make it in. I don't know, brother. Nah. Because, again, you when, I, when we talk about, especially me, talking about Mike Tomlin having the pulse of that Steelers team. Yeah. They know they got to go out to Seattle to win to continue this to con- to get to keep this thing going right, right? Seahawks you're looking at a, a situation where the Seahawks a little bit more comfortable yeah right they know where they're going they're a little more they've a little they've relaxed a little bit they won they won on the road they're a little bit more relaxed Steelers still got to get it baby I don't know I still got to get I it I got questions about that Steelers team and so, now on the AFC side the Chiefs have not clinched yet Anybody which notice is, which, again? It's like that. This is this is the thing that blows my mind the most. You, this every, we always talk about how you know it's Patrick Mahomes doing Patrick Mahomes things. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. It's Chiefs Nation. You know they should have clinched the division by now. Now they are looking at an outside chance that not only again I've say I've said it once I'll say it again. They have a chance to either clinch the division or lose everything. They, they right now, as it stands, they have a 95% chance of making the playoffs. If they lose, it's an 86% chance. If they win, it's it's basically a foregone conclusion. They got to win one of the two. If they win one yep. of the two games, they got it. You're right. I, and yeah. and then they, they wind up with the three seed, and, and we know that they're basically taking the AFC West. And then really, none of the other AFC West teams are even close to them. The Raiders right now, they have a 12% chance of making the playoffs. The Broncos, a 7% chance. And and those guys are, are trailing. They're seven and eight. They're two games back. They basically got to win out, and they got to hope that the Chiefs lose out, and then they're going to need help to get into the playoffs. Yeah. So I mean, that's a thing. The Steelers right now, they've got a, a sixteen percent chance of making the, the playoffs. Thirty three percent chance if they win. If they lose, it's seven percent. They're going to need help. They're going to have to win out, and they're going to need help. They're probably going to get it though, because the Bengals, the Bengals, who yep. stepped, who sit in front of them. Are taking on the Chiefs. There you yeah. go. So that that's going to so get you, ugly. There so you got a Chiefs need a team that needs it. Yeah. Right. And the Bengals team that needs it. But I'll take Patrick Mahomes the second and the Chiefs at home, even though they looked terrible last week against the Cincinnati Bengals. Here, here's the thing about that Raiders game this week, this past week. I think this is a cup. This is a bucket of ice cold water that just got dumped on that entire team. And yeah. and, and Andy Reid and. Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes are all staring in the mirror going, hold up. We, we got it. We got a ball. So when we get to the picks, I'll, I'll talk more about it, but this is like one of those things where it's like, you know, they need to wake up. 
Yeah, and and looking at the other teams in the AFC, the Jags right now. The Jags, they're taking on the Carolina Panthers this week. The Jags have been looking rough. If C.J. Bethard somehow can get it done, which he's taking on a tough Carolina defense, if the Jags get it done, they got an 81% chance of making the playoffs. If they lose, they got a 40% chance of making the playoffs. There's nut-cutting time for the Jags here. Yes. The Bills, they got an 89% chance of making the play- playoffs right now. They got a showdown with New England this week. If they win, 97%. If they lose, 47%. I mean, it's a huge drop-off. The Bills are sitting oh, yeah. at 9-6 right now. If they do this, they jump up to 10-6. and six, They get those double-digit wins, and it's almost a foregone conclusion that they're in. And this is a, t- a really tough spot for Buffalo. Yeah, it is. To, for, for real. It is. Against New England, I mean, that's yeah. going to be a toughie. Because it's always been tricky for Buffalo against New England. It's always been tricky for Josh Alexander yep. against New England. Yeah, And yep. it's a divisional game. And, and it's a divisional here, game. Yeah, and and but the the one that I'm most interested in, and and the is this seven seed. Bam! You've got this Indianapolis Colts team who currently has a 53 percent chance of making the playoffs. If they lose, it drops to 26. If they win, it jumps to 72. They're taking on a Raiders team, red hot Raiders. That's team. red hot right now. And then you go down and you look who's right behind them, nipping at their heels is the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. And the Texans got a showdown with the Tennessee Titans, with C.J. Stroud coming back on the field for them, and mm-hmm. Noah Brown and Nico Collins coming back. And with Tennessee's playoffs hopes dead. Dead. And and Houston's going, you know what? If we lose, it's 14%. If we win, it's 53%. And if the Colts lose, it gets higher. The Texans could make their way into the playoffs, and I hope – they do. I want to see it. Yeah. I want to see it. Here's, here's what I want to see, too. You know, here's something to t- keep pay attention to. There is a week 18 matchup between the Texans and the Colts. There's the and showdown. It's, the the show, show. it's the showdown. Basically, not, o- not only is it which team makes it to the playoffs, it could very well spell a division championship. Imagine if that game was the game that got kicked out yep. into the Sunday night football matchup. That would be a good one. And and same with this Bills-Dolphins matchup. That could be kicked out into the Sunday night football matchup. You're going to see a couple of really primetime games moving into Week 18, I think, after this week. I mean, Jags-Titans. You're going to see Bills-Dolphins, divisional matchup. Vikings-Lions, divisional matchup. You're going to – I mean, this is going to be good stuff. you got Browns-Bengals. They're going to be battling – and the Bengals are going to be fighting for that that playoff spot, and the Browns are trying to keep them out of the playoffs. That's going to be a good one. This is going to be fun stuff. Ravens-Steelers, divisional matchup. I mean, there's a lot of divisional matchups that are going to be happening in Week 18, and this Texans-Colts one, to me, is the one that's going to get kicked out, and they're going to make that the Sunday night football game. They're going to make that the last one of the year. Good, let's see. Last game of the season. Yeah, see what Stroud does. If Stroud can get these guys into the playoffs, then – the Texans are on the right on the right track. I currently think they're on the right track. Yeah, but I digress. Uh, moving into our uh, our best performances of the week, uh, got to go through these right quick. Gabe Davis, man, number ten, four receptions, 130 yards, and a touchdown. Number nine, a guy we talked about, Zamir White, 22 carries, 145 yards. Got to love him. Number eight, quietly getting it done, Khalil Herbert, 20 carries, 112, and a touchdown. He had a five six average on the day. Had himself a damn good game. Number seven, and it's crazy that this is number seven, Christian McCaffrey, 14 carries, 103 yards, and a touchdown. He had a 7.4 average in this game against the Baltimore Ravens. He had 
running back in the game. Yep, absolutely. Six receptions, 23 yards as well. Number six, T. Higgins. Five receptions, 140 and a touchdown. Hey, T. Higgins, man, coming alive with Jamar Chase down. Number five, Justin Jefferson. Six receptions, 141 and a touchdown, reminding everybody that he is still the best receiver in football. Welcome back. Yep. Number four, Puka Nakua. Poo-poo. Poo-poo. Nine receptions, 164 and a touchdown. It was his best game of the year. Uh, Matt Stafford and him just have a rapport now. Number three, George Pickens, four receptions for 195, two touchdowns. These two, Puka and George Pickens would have been inverted here, but the two touchdowns really set Pickens apart. Uh, number two goes to Brees Hall. It You know, sometimes the yards from scrimmage is all that matters. 20 carries, 95 yards. But then he also had two touchdowns and then 12 receptions for 95 yards on top of it. He had 190 from scrimmage. Huge game for Brees Hall. I mean, you got to love it. And number one, though, I mean, this was a foregone conclusion. Amari Cooper, 11 receptions, 265, two touchdowns, a monster game. He was the fantasy football eliminator this week for everybody. Record. Oh, man. He destroyed everyone. Everyone. And uh, moving into our rookie rankings, you know, I know everybody's excited. I know you're, you're excited, Boots. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're going to have some fun with this one. Um, honorable mentions right now. Jordan Battle still sitting in the honorable mention mark. Uh, he's generated the third highest run defense grade, 85.5 amongst the qualifying rookies. Uh, this past week, he notched two more run stops, pushing his season total to 12. That's twice that of the next closest safety in the class. Uh, so good on Jordan Battle. He is currently the top-ranked safety in the entire uh, rookie class right now. Uh, next up, Jordan Addison struggled against a bad Lions pass defense, and then he got hurt. He didn't return, so he falls off the list. He was at nine last week. He falls off. And, uh, and, Zay, he, and let, let's just say he got hurt on a terrible pass Oh yeah, from Nick Mullins. Oh, yeah, he did. And then Zay Flowers, he did turn it around against a tough 49ers pass defense. He had nine receptions for 72 and a touchdown, had a really good game. But number 10 had a really good game himself, his best game of the year. Uh, Keanu Benton returns to the list, the defensive tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers out of the University of Wisconsin. 77.2 PFF grade, a 78.6 pass rush, a 62 run defense. He saw an uptick on his grades across the board versus the Bengals, where he dominated, particularly with, with his 85.9 pass rush grade on Week 16. Uh, per pro football focus, he had two pressures and won 26.7% of his pass rush snaps. I like Keanu Benton. Um, mm -hmm. He's up and down on this list. He's a little streaky, but so far he's been kind of holding up the bottom end of this list. <laughs> he's out yep. Yep, and also kind of holding up the steel curtain on that uh, in, in Pittsburgh. He bounced back from two bad games. I mean, he had he had two in a row that were a little rough, and then yeah. and then came back. I mean, now now he's back on this list, sitting at number ten. Number nine, Ivan Pace Jr. He's been on this list. He's been you know we've seen him as high as four. We've seen him as low as ten. He's sitting at nine this week. The linebacker for the Vikings out of the University of Cincinnati, uh, seventy-five point seven PFF grade. He's got a fifty-eight point six run defense grade, seventy-six point five pass rush, seventy-seven point four coverage. Um, it's the second week in a row where he struggles, and it moved him down another spot on the list. He saw his grades drop across the board. He had one missed tackle on three attempts. He allowed a 97.9 passer rating. Uh, 
you know, Ivan Pace struggled in that game against Detroit. This was the matchup that we highlighted. Uh, yep. Pace against uh, Gibbs and Laporta. I think he was a little bit more successful against Laporta. I he guess. was. He was. But uh, Gibbs did some work. Yeah, Gibbs Gibbs did some work, and and uh, Pace was primarily in coverage in this game, and and he did pretty well against Laporta. But I mean, when Gibbs got out in, in open field, he struggled. Uh, so uh, Ivan Pace sits at number nine. Number eight, C.J. Stroud, he still stays on the list. Thank God he's coming back this week because, man, he's been dropping considerably. He's dropped down all the way to number eight. Uh, let's not forget at one point he was number he was jumping up to number one. He was number two. He was about to hit number one, and he got yeah. hurt. Uh, an 81.5 PFF grade, 78.2 pass rush or a passing grade, 76 rushing grade. Um, yeah, that concussion has uh, sidelined him for the second straight game. As well as his teammate at number seven, Will Anderson Jr., the edge rusher for the, the Houston Texans out of University of Alabama. Uh, 80.5 PFF grade, 80.1 run defense, 74.1 pass rush, 70 coverage. Um, second week in a row, he's got to get out back on the field uh, this week. If he can get back on the field this week, you know, he's, he's going to start, you know, getting back to form. Another guy that's been hurt too, number six, Devin Witherspoon. He was yep. number one for a while. Number one, he's dropped down since then. He's dropped down to six, uh, 83.3 PFF, 82.8 run defense, 91 pass rush, 77.7 coverage. I mean, he's he's got that rib injury. It's kept him out since week 14. Uh, and he, 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 was, he was number one on the list for a couple different weeks, and now he's just tumbling. For a while, since since week three. And then yeah. the last yeah. week 14, he just plummeted. Uh, back to Will Anderson real quick with, the, with an ankle injury. Yep. Yes, sir. His explosiveness off the edge, right? He he needs to be able to push off that, you know, push off that uh, that base, and you and you're going to need that. And if you don't yeah. have that, man, it's yeah. going to be tough for for the athlete. The way that he plays the position mm-hmm. and using that speed, and that quickness to get around the edge and and, uh, and get that first step quickness. If he doesn't have that, it's going to be tough for him. Yeah, he might not be in this game. He might he might remain out, and and we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, but uh, I would I would. If I'm Houston, I want him back now. Yeah. You know, uh, number five, this one, you know, Boots, I knew you were soaking your jockeys mm. about this mm. one. Uh, mm. Jameer mm. Gibbs, uh, mm. the running back for Detroit uh, mm. out of the University of Alabama, 75.9 PFF grade, an 81.1 rushing grade, 65.1 receiving grade. Yeah. He had a strong rushing performance against tough Minnesota run defense. Yeah. I gave him that. Uh, he gives him his first strong performance against good rush defense this season. Um, he would have had a stronger day grade-wise. He did have a lost fumble. That was the the one thing that defected his grades um, in that his overall grade in that game. But ultimately, he had a very good game against the Vikings. A bad fumble that was early in the game. Early. It early. was early in the game, and it did not cost the team. So I don't count that against him. <laughs> this right. It was a turnover, yes, yep. but it had it been in the fourth quarter on the on a on a game time drive, I could say, okay, yeah, that's a bad fumble. I, mm-hmm. I'll accept this fumble <laughs> because it, it was an aggressive fumble. He's a, an explosive player, and my guy. I love Bijan Robinson. I, excuse me, you I, love him. Yeah, Gibbs. you do. Yeah, I love you do. <laughs> I've always said he was better than Bijan Robinson. Mm, he's. Yeah. Uh, I like Bijan better. I, I, I do think Gibbs is. He's a benefactor of having a better, a far superior supporting cast than than Bijan has down there, and and I don't think it can be disputed that the offensive line is better. 
It is. He's got better receivers at his disposal. He's yep. got a better head coach. Yep. I, I, I don't know about head coach. He's got a better offensive coordinator. Um, you know, I, head coach. Yeah, yeah, head coach too. Yeah. I mean, Arthur Smith ain't anything to write home about. Yeah. You, you know, but there's still, a still, you still have to produce. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's difficult to produce when you're not being used properly. And that's one thing right now. Be, if Jameer Gibbs is being used properly in Detroit. Yes. He you got to hand that to him. Uh, number four, Sam Laporta, another lion, the tight end for Detroit. He's had a 75.4 PFF grade, 78.9 receiving grade, 56.4 rushing grade. Uh, after the great day versus the Broncos, he did struggle to get going against the tough Vikings defense, only producing three catches for 18 yards. He also struggled in pass blocking, 55.4 pass blocking grade. You know, he gets in the way. Yeah, that's about it. Effectively <laughs> in the way. But I, I'll say this I would have flipped. Jameer Gibbs for Sam Laporta mm-hmm. for the blocking, just for that reason. Just for the blocking because yeah. Gibbs is a better has become a better blocker than Laporta. Yeah, Laporta, um, he's, you know, I I'm not entirely sold on Laporta, mm-hmm. but I will say that it, because and a lot of the reason I'm not sold on Laporta is because of where he gets his catches. Um, a lot of times he gets a, it. It almost feels like uh, like. I, I hate to put it like this because it's not garbage time, but it almost feels like a garbage time catch. The, you got a, the defense playing this deep zone, and they they just run him out there on like a two yard little drag route, oop, oop, and then he gets ten yards, and everybody thinks he's a world beater when the team's playing deep zone coverage, you know. And it's just like, well, Golf made a good read; it was a good play call. <laughs> but I, I'm like, you know, of course he's going to get that yard. <laughs> it's deep zone coverage for Christ's sake. You know, he, he also he's not an inline tight end. Um, I Laporta there. I have some questions about his game. Ultimately, he's having a good year from a from a numbers perspective. Yeah, I think the numbers are boosted. I think he's a benefactor of again a good supporting cast, a Ben Johnson system that loves to use the tight end and likes to use a tight end as a slot receiver. He's had a hundred and some odd snaps uh, last week. I, I think the number last week is one hundred and thirty three snaps from the slot. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's interesting how he's utilized in this Detroit system, but it's working. It so is. it's working. So I mean, you you can't question it. I think Ben Johnson is a mastermind. Anybody who and I, look, I understand that he's got an asking price. If you want a head coach that's going to get it done, pay the man. Yep, the man. Yeah, it's time. If, if pay I'm, the man. If I'm Detroit, hey. Yeah, opened up, opened up the checkbook. Yep, absolutely. Keep him, keep, keep yeah. him in Detroit. Well, I mean, it's gonna be so hard to keep him here, but you have to. Yeah, yeah. Ben Johnson is he should be a head coach. He should be. I mean, and I think there's been on more well, than one occasion where he has bailed out Dan Campbell. More than one occasion. I, I'm I'm not sold on the whole should be a head coach just because the offense looks great. Doesn't mean he should be a head coach. Uh, no, just saying. Uh, look, what what I saw, he ben, could be a head coach, and he, absolutely. The reason I sold on Ben Johnson is mm-hmm. what I saw actually last year. The Lions had a situation where their their offense was so complicated, and he literally dummied the the, the offense down so much so that Goff was making easier reads. He he catered to his quarterback, and it worked. And and it. He, he has this innate ability to create a situation where you take whatever weapon you have, a vertical threat, whatever, and draw coverage off the guy you want to go to. Yeah. It's it and it's wild how 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 simple it was and how yeah. like you, you watch it on 
a lot of these analysts were going over the the simplicity of his offense and the way yeah. that on throwing downs. It's so simple, but it works. Draw coverage off, throw to that guy. Draw coverage off, go throw to that guy. And that's the way his offense works, and he understands how to do it now. So it's yeah. like, oh, buddy. Yeah. And that's why guys like Amon Ross St. Brown wind up with as many catches as they do and why you see a lot of times when the Lions have catches, these yeah. corners and stuff are coming up to have to make the tackle because yeah. that those those the, the coverage has been drawn off so much that you got a wide-open receiver or wide-open tight end standing in the middle of open field just going, hey, here I am. This is kind of why you got to get this thing done this year. Yeah. Because teams are going to be called. Yep. And you're going to have a situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, number three goes to Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle for the Eagles at the University of Georgia. 85.2 PFF grade, a 64 run defense, 83.5 pass rush. Uh, he had a strong showing against the Giants in Week 16, uh, more so against the run than the pass. According to Pro Football Focus, over the past two games, Carter has earned a positive grade on 28.6% of his run snaps, all without earning a single negative grade. The former Georgia standout has earned a respectable 77.2 run defense grade over that span. Uh, he is is starting to refine his game a little bit. It's it's he's already good at a pass rusher. He's a good pass rusher. We, you can see 83.5 pass rush grade has been outstanding. Uh, and at certain points during the season, it was over 90. Uh, now he's starting to be effective against the run as well. Good Just tackling. Sort of more picking his spots with him because uh, Barkley still had a really good game on the ground so I'm, a, I'm still a little i'm not gonna argue but i'm just i'm still it, okay yeah <laughs> it's a it's a little okay. from from the analytics standpoint from against the run yeah he was not the problem i guess you could say he was not he, he was the guy that was handling the run barkley had a good game i think a lot of hit barkley's uh effectiveness came outside rather than inside all right but um Number th- that he sits at number three. Number two, Rasheed Rice, uh, bootleg B team. Bootleg B team. Wide receiver for the uh, Chiefs out of SMU, 83.3 PFF grade, 83.9 receiving grade, 60 rushing. He had six receptions for 57 yards. Uh, he struggled against a questionable Raiders pass defense. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, Raiders pass defense has been pretty good. You, you, you brought that point to me a few weeks ago, and they've been very good, and they've been playing better. They, they've been playing better under Antonio better. Pierce. Uh, but per Pro Football Focus, through Week 16, only Tyreek Hill has more yards after the catch with 633 than Rice, uh, with the latter doing it in 30 fewer receptions. Very good. Very good. Uh, and number one, I hey, look, poo poo. Poo-poo. <laughs> Poo-poo. Um, you know, out of, uh, for the Rams out of BYU, 89.4 PFF grade, 86.9 receiving grade, 86.6 rushing grade. Nakua produced an incredible 92.5 overall grade in Week 16, his highest as a pro. He tallied six receptions of 15 or more yards, averaging 4.69 yards per route run. His 90.9 receiving grade was the third best at the position. Is the third best at the position currently uh, per Pro Football Focus. So I mean, look, Puka Nakua. Out of everybody in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, out of everybody, he's he's yeah. basically the third best receiver in the league right now. I mean, hey. it's hey. a <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. So uh, him and, and Rasheed Rice, I think, right now are going to be battling it out. We got two more weeks. We'll see what C.J. Stroud does in the next two weeks, too. I think Stroud, you might see a resurgence from all C.J., but 
you know, uh, man, Puka Nakua is, is starting to run away with this thing at this point. <laughs> For a while, I thought it was going to be Devin Witherspoon. Hey, Nakua is the guy. Who right now is the guy. Yeah. Fifth round pick out of BYU showing yeah, up. Absolutely. Do, do your thing, brother. Hell yeah. And and kudos to uh, uh, their GM over there. I forget whose name escapes me at the Les, moment. Uh, Les Sneed. Les Sneed, yeah. Because he, he's been finding some gems yes. in those later rounds. Kyron Williams, Puka Nakua, just gems. Man. Two Atwell. Yeah. Uh, 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 even uh, last year, uh, Lance. Uh, uh, oh, man. Adam Randall. I'm just kidding. Yeah, there's a, the receiver, Lance. Uh, oh my gosh, that's gonna bug you. Yeah, it's gonna bug me. But <laughs> Lance, uh, Cutcher, uh, oh man, Cutcherson, Cutcher. <laughs> you're, 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 you're like, like having an Anderson, right? Th- anyway, very good. Man, they're very good in the uh, front office. Why are you always your 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 eye was twitching? Like, why are you always in the fridge? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the kitchen, you're in the kitchen. <laughs> your eye was twitching like that. Eating up all the pig feet. <laughs> all the hard mom. I like pig feet. <laughs> but uh folks, we're gonna take a quick break here. Uh we and then we're gonna jump into our news. We're gonna jump into our picks, and then uh that'll be our show. Uh so we'll be right back right here on the outside blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's, or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz, and uh, I'm your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, joined by the Cannonball Alex Steele, the bootleg better, and gentlemen, we got some news to go over around the league. Uh, Time to break some news. Yeah, so it's a light news day, but fix it. yeah, but we got some some news going on around the league. Uh, first and foremost, hey, let's jump in. We we talked about it a little bit earlier. Let's talk about it some more. Texas quarterback C.J. Stroud has been removed from the injury report. He's prepared to play versus the Titans after uh, two and a half games uh, of being gone after suffering a concussion versus the Jets. It'll be good to have him back, C.J. Stroud. Uh, do you think that this, I, I mean, this definitely gives Houston an opportunity to make the playoffs here. We're, we're sitting at the eight seed. They're right behind the Colts. They're both eight and seven. They got a showdown next week. We talked about that a little bit. I mean, Houston. They've got big time offensive players coming back at the right time. Yeah. Yeah, with C.J. Stroud, uh, Noah Brown at the receiver position, Nico Collins, 
also at the receiver position. They're getting quality uh, run from Devin Singletary. We didn't even talk about Singletary getting mm-hmm. that uh, great, uh, great games he's had. But uh, Damian Pierce, big kickoff return mm-hmm. touchdown. Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz Dalton looking Schultz, good coming yeah. back off of uh, – his uh, hamstring, I believe it yep, was. Yep. So the, the the Texans' offense looks poised to to make uh, uh, an impact. Yeah, make waves. Yeah, here. and and I don't know that they're gonna you know go to a bowl or anything like that. But I think C.J. Stroud is the real deal. They're gonna make waves moving into the playoff picture here. Yeah, that's a that's a, a gonna be a fun team to watch in the future. Uh, let's, been, just hope he's, let's hope he's okay. Maybe he was maybe good enough to go last week, but they wanted to take, you know, a little bit more caution. Yep. Maybe that was the, the – hopefully that was the approach they're taking, and I'm not advocating that they, you know, put him out there too soon. But right. let's, you know, let's hope he's all right. Yeah, absolutely. One guy that's not all right, uh, Vikings tight end TJ Hawkinson, placed on injured reserve after suffering a torn ACL and MCL <sighs> a hit from uh, uh, Kirby Joseph. I uh, came up, went at the knees, and and yeah. popped him. I, my personal opinion, I I thought that hit was a little uh, suspect. It was one honest. of those you have to go low at the tight end, and that's what he did. And it just, I think it's just one of those unfortunate accidents. I, I guess it I, to me, you know, like An if you want to accident, if you want to go low, that's one thing. I, you know, he he heaved his body completely at the knee there when it was planted and it, he, he was shoulder and helmet he didn't even try to wrap him and that's what kind of got me about it it was just like ah you motherfucker okay, like, I, I, I i could see that but that's that's how a lot of these yeah. these dbs Hit. don't know how to yeah. tackle, tackle and they just yeah. you know throw their bodies recklessly at uh at the at the knee or of a, of a ball carrier or sometimes the head as in the the uh, Kareem Jackson. Now the Broncos, they waived Kareem Jackson, and uh, the Texans went and picked him up off of waivers. Uh, Kareem Jackson was suspended he twice this season for for the helmet to helmet shots, uh-huh. um, and and now the the Texans go and scoop him up off the waivers, and hey, they they got themselves a safety over there. I I don't know how much of a fit this is going to be, but uh, hopefully they're teaching him how to play clean football, right? Well, Houston did need. Uh, <clears throat> some safety help yes they did uh, throughout the season with multiple injuries in their uh, secondary uh, over the past few after past few weeks and i mean he's an able-bodied safety but i wouldn't count on him to be there for the long haul he might mess around and get another penalty and get suspended yeah and that's what i'm kind of waiting on to be honest with you i i really think that that's going to be a, a penalty situation you know, they, these guys aren't they're not trained hitters in the fact you lead with the shoulder right okay you come across with all the force you want just lead with the shoulder and and stay away from the head and neck area but these guys don't know how to do that they're trying to make these highlight hits and don't know how to square up and actually tackle you know like a like a real player so they you know they end up getting these stupid penalties and you can i understand things are going you're moving fast but you can control where your head and body goes like Right. You you have to. Yeah. Like, these are the rules now. Those yeah. are the rules. And and not only that, it's not like you're not capable. I'm sorry. Yeah. This this excuse where you're not capable. Yeah. I, I, I'm i sorry. That's bullshit. It is. It's bullshit. You yeah. you know, you, these guys can control the way that they're they're throwing their bodies yeah. at their opponent. And yeah. a lot of times it's just, oh, fuck it. And I think a yeah. lot of the losing out on some of that actual practice time 
right? Yeah. That they've that they've been forced to cut from a lot of these practices. Yep. Right. And and not being taught the proper way to wrap up and hit and actually play. you can hit safely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and accidents happen, but you can control that by fundamental football. Yep, and one one move that's not going to be fundamental is the hip drop tackles. We've been seeing a lot of those causing ankle injuries, and, and yes. that's been a big problem. Speaking of ankle injuries, Dolphins wide receiver Jalen Waddle has been ruled out of the game versus the Ravens due to an ankle injury, uh, so you won't be seeing him tomorrow uh, against Baltimore. It's a huge loss for, for Miami here. Yes. They, they definitely needed him on the field. They, they needed yep. all hands on deck. So yeah. you're going to see Cedric Wilson get kind of boosted up the uh, the ranks there as the de facto number two alongside Tyreek Hill as a wide receiver one. Cedric Wilson, not a they bad tried. wide receiver. They should probably try to use Durham Spite a little bit. Yeah, the, the tight end position is going to get a lot more love, and I think yeah. the running backs are going to get a lot more love. You're going to see a lot more divination tomorrow, I think. Yeah. So get ready for that. Uh, elsewhere around that division, the Jets. Uh, Woody Johnson, their owner, has confirmed that head coach Robert Sala and GM Joe Douglas will return for the 2024 season. Mm. Do you think that that is basically Woody Johnson saying, I'm going to give this thing one more year? Absolutely. And then after that, you're done. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I think they're headed toward. I think Sala is as safe as safe can get in terms of a coach. Because everything around him has been falling and failing right. due to organizational failure. He's not to blame in this situation, Salah. He's only given what's been given to him as far as draft picks and, and, and players that coming in in free agency. Right. Aaron Rodgers playing the whole, you know, get my guys in here card. And, you know, Salah's had his, you know, his marching orders. So yeah, basically. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it becomes a, a, a concerning situation. But, you know, like Salah, they they want to see this Aaron Rodgers thing through and they yep. want to see if Aaron Rodgers is going to be, you know, capable of, of getting getting it done for him. He's not. And, he, I, you know, and there's a lot of sentiment like that where people think he's not. I thought he was before the season started. But you see the, the lack of offensive line has it's costed him. Yeah. You know, so the the Jets right now. You know, uh, they're they're gonna see this thing through thick or thin. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna see yeah. it through the, through the, the good defense, times and the bad times. The defense should be strong, but one or two injuries. And here's the thing: if the defense has been so good for these last couple, two or three seasons, there's going to be a fall off point. Yeah. of that. Yeah, right. And I think if it's next season, then it's all gone to crap. Yes, because the, at that point. You've got nothing. Yep. Right. At least they can, you know, hang their hat on their defense right now. But if you lose that, brother. Yeah. Yep. And one guy that did fall off a little bit, uh, especially after last week, Sam Howell had a rough week. Uh, Commanders quarterback Jacoby Brissett was named the starter for week 17 over Sam Howell, but is now listed as questionable versus the 49ers after injuring his hamstring this week in practice. Uh So Jacoby Brissett now listed as questionable. We don't know if he's going to be in the game. You got Sam, so it, uh, it, we, we might still see Sam Howell versus uh, the Niners. <laughs> and you know what the funny thing about that is? If it is Sam Howell versus the 49ers, might actually be a better matchup. Not yeah. much better, but somewhat better. 
I still like Sam Howell. Uh, I just I think he's just in a bad situation now at yeah. this point. I think Ron Ron Rivera is nuts. I I don't think he can. I think I think he's seen coach. the best of Sam Howell. He's he's good, but he's not good enough. Yeah. And that might be the case. You can't get benched twice in a season, brother. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. I'm yeah. Sorry. That's fair. That's fair. One guy that uh, is good, but in my opinion, not good enough, Tyrod Taylor. He's been named the starter, though, over Tommy DeVito, another guy that's just awful. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the Giants is going to start Tyrod Taylor in Week 17. Uh, I think this is a smart play. You yeah. know, I mean, I mean just, yeah, just do it. The only reason why DeVito was starting was because – Tyler Tyrod Taylor was injured. Yeah, I right. I would if I was the Giants though I would probably trot Devito out there. I mean, like right now you're eliminated, right? Yeah, you're eliminated from playoff. Yeah, you know at that, that point. Let's hey, let's see what he's got. Yeah, I guess. Right? Yeah, yeah, put him out there. I mean, put him out there right now. He, nothing on the line and and just play balls to the wall, so to speak. Yeah, the, the Giants. I mean, they're they have the fifth pick overall, right? right? I, I mean, you know, Washington's about to get you know waffle stomp down the drain by by San Francisco this week. Yeah. New England's pl- going to get beat up by the Bills. Chargers probably going to lose. Yep. Chargers are probably going to lose. Just keep losing. Yeah. Keep losing. Yeah. Why? Why would you want to go out there and try to win? Trot to to Vito out there. Yeah. And let that blockhead just just you know just, just to turn the ball over and make bad. Bad plays yeah. and bad decisions. They got lucky. Let's just face it. He had his moment in the sun. They got lucky against the Packers on Monday night. The miracle in in, in Meadowland. It's right. over. Right. It's over. But if you put him out there and you know he, the offense won't be good enough to win, then you lose and you win via draft. Right. And then that's, that's kind of a similar situation of the one I'm going to talk about, the Vikings. They have benched quarterback Nick Mullins after his four-interception performance versus the Lions. Rookie quarterback Jaron Hall is set to start. And then in the meantime, the Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson, the all-star receiver, says he wants quarterback Kirk Cousins back with the team in 2024. Uh, I hate it. Mm. So let me just make a few few things. First of all, I think the Vikings are doing the right thing by starting Jaron Hall. Yes, I, I think they're, they're just going to see what they got in the kid. I think it's a foregone conclusion that they know they're not making the playoffs. I think they know that that. Uh, um, well, we're on the bu- bubble. They're not hey, making. The so is the Packers, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. We beat the Packers. Uh, I'm saying, yeah, brother, the the season is still alive. This, the, this, the flame is still alive, look, brother. This, it has not been extinguished. Look, unless you win the last game of the year, nobody gives a shit. And and I I don't I don't really care about. Oh, we made the wild card round. Hey. Oh, we made the wild card round. We sacrificed five draft spots to make the wild card round. Who cares? Hey, who cares? Did you win the division? No. Competitive rebuild. I, I, did you win the division? No. Right. Did you went to the wild card and you got molly whopped by? Oh, let's say we who are we going to run into? Who are we going to run into? Could be right? Dallas. Let's see if we if we wind up making it as the say the seven seed. Oh, who are we going to run into? Detroit. You yeah. know, I, I mean, like at that point, I'm going. Mm, right, right, I, right, right, right. Do I want to go through that again? No, nah. no. I, I, I think it's a foregone conclusion that they, they know we're going to lose, and, and I think the Vikings want to lose, and I think that they want to move up a little bit and, and kind of get their way into that 12, 11, 10 range, maybe even top 10. If they lose out, they're going to wind up top 10. Yeah. So I mean, that's what they're looking for, I think. 
and I wouldn't be against it at this point. Let's just be done with it. Okay. What I'm done with also is players who have no bearing on what the front office does publicly speaking out about who they want at certain right, positions. Right. And, and here's my thing about this. I, I look, if he wants Kirk back next year. Okay. Was, was he asked that question or did he just volunteer? that? I, I, I don't, I don't know if he was asked or volunteered it, but uh, he, he did say he wants Kirk back for 2024. Now, look, here's my thing. I have, I don't think it's responsible as a general manager to go out and sign a 37-year-old quarterback with a with a recently ruptured Achilles. Yeah. You know, I think that's silly. But you have a a, a, a situation now where you've got this this uh, star player that you have to get signed to a deal. And I think that's why Justin Jefferson is able to be so vocal about it and is willing to be so vocal about it because of the fact that he knows he's kind of got – you know, a little bit of pull here. He's got the contract coming yeah. up here. He knows he's going to get paid big money. He knows the Vikings got to resign him, and I mean, they have to. You, they you, you to. don't. It's not a oh, maybe we'll resign Justin. No, no, you're going to resign Justin Jefferson, right? Yeah. So I think that he's he's going. Oh yeah, I'm going to throw my weight around a little bit, which I get. Fine. You want Kirk Cousins for 24? I'll bring in Kirk for 24. I'll bring him in on a one year for 24, gotcha. but I'm still going to go in that first round. I'm going to draft my quarterback in the future. Yeah. I'm still going to go in. Yeah. And, and that's probably the smart play. That way you go in the first round, you draft a quarterback in the future, you get out of a five year deal, you know, because you're, you're not going to, unless the guy is really terrible, unless the guy is Josh Rosen terrible, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're going to, you know, give him the fifth year option, right? So you got a quarterback possibly for five years on a rookie deal. He can learn behind Kirk Cousins. And if Kirk Cousins turns out to be a bum, okay, see, you know, see you later. We'll put the rookie in. We'll see what happens. We might have a a, a better version of a Baker Mayfield situation. Who and that's, knows? And that's a hard that's a hard pill to swallow at this yeah. point because Jaron Hall, while as while talented, and he, yeah. he does have some talent. Question marks are concerned. There's concerns now. Yeah, there there are the concussions and the injuries and, and the history. Now is it is it getting late early in his career? Right, and and I'm not I'm not entirely sold on Jaron Hall. I haven't been sold on Jaron Hall. I didn't think it was the best pick. So we're gonna see what he's got. We'll see. I mean, he had one drive where he looked decent. Yeah, you know, he looked decent on the one drive that he yeah. that we actually got to see him on. Yeah. you know, but and I mean, he's and he's got the benefit of the the best receiver in the game. Yep. And yep. a really good running back. Yeah, and in Ty Chandler. Yep, yep. Right? He would have had TJ Hawkinson, you know, top five tight end. Yep. Well, not even top five. I mean, yeah. he was, at, at statistically, he was yeah. been the best tight end in football. Statistically. And, uh, and I'm not sure about Jordan Addison's health this uh, coming up this week. Yeah, yeah. He's listed as questionable moving into this game. So you're looking at a really good offense to put Jaron Hall, plug him right in, and he can run. Yep, exactly. So, I mean, it's it's going to get interesting. Speaking of quarterback issues, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Broncos quarterback Russ Wilson reportedly benched for quarterback Jared Stinham for quote-unquote financial flexibility, is what they're calling. Wait, what? Uh, yeah, <laughs> rumors are swirling that the Broncos reporting are reportedly planning to release. Yeah, I, I know, right? He's got – no, no. Why you're all laughing? The no, you. I, I think it's they. The, I think they've got a snap count on it, and and if he hits a certain snap number, then, then they have to pay him more. Yeah, and so I think that's what they're doing. 
The rumors are swelling the Broncos are going to release him in the offseason. Wilson claims that the team did approach him about his contract during the bye week. Um, yeah. it, uh, probably trying to, to get him to, to reduce his number. Uh, Look, this has been a disaster. Uh, so from day one, this has been a disaster, right? No, this has mm. been organizational, an organizational failure. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, 110%. And and look, I I just Russ Wilson has not been good since he got there. Right. Uh, Sean Payton doesn't know what the hell he's doing, and I'm I'm so happy to see Sean Payton struggling. He traded for a kicker. Yeah, traded for a kicker. <laughs> Brandon Brandon McManus was excellent. Yeah, and he's been mm-hmm. good. Been good for Jacksonville. Yeah, and and now it's it's like oh, okay, Ezra Evero is not a part of the Denver Broncos organization. Explain that. To yeah. It doesn't make sense, right? It does. You know, it, it's it's even worse too. Uh, you know, we have uh, Ryan ESPN's Ryan Clark saying, you know, that stating that Peyton behaved like a thug for how he has treated Wilson from the very beginning. Yeah. You know, immediately when he gets in the building, he starts to undercut Russell Wilson personally and professionally from his first press conference on. So you know, on top of on top of being, so it also solidifies another fact. He's an asshole. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what it is. Sean Payton's been a, been an asshole his entire career in the NFL. He has, and nobody was talking. I I love the fact that ESPN went out of their way, or not ESPN, but but Netflix went out of their way mm-hmm. to make a movie after to make him a sympathetic character because he got suspended for putting wow. bounties on players' heads. Like, yeah. how can you make this guy sympathetic in yeah. any way, shape, or form? Yeah. No. He got suspended because he's an asshole. Yeah. And you tried to make it out to be like, oh, he's such a trust trying to be a better dad. Oh, that's what it. No, he got suspended because he was a douchebag. Yes. Period. He was a fucking asshole. And and nobody wants to have that conversation. Nobody. nobody. Everybody wants to they pretend like he like they're like they're trying to revamp his reputation or something on Netflix. How? It's because they How love- do you because they love Drew Brees so much, they said, "Well, it couldn't have just been. It couldn't. Yeah. Been that. Oh, it couldn't have been that. No, yeah. it couldn't. It, no, it was Sean Payton and his butthole-looking mouth. That's what it was. Yeah. And and I'm so sick and tired of people pretending like Sean Payton can do no wrong. Right. In this situation, first of all, in in, in the Bounty Gate situation, he was an asshole. When he was over in in New Orleans, he was an asshole. Yeah. During the and, and I'm so glad that 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 there's certain bits of karma. That are biting that man now. Yeah. Like 2017, you, you, hey, look, just before that miracle play happened, mm-hmm. just before, what was he doing? He was standing on the sideline, mocking yeah, the fans, yeah. going, school, school. And then the miracle happened. His jaw was on the floor. Mm. You know? And then talk trash about Nathaniel Hackett. What happened? Yeah. Nathaniel, yeah. Nathaniel Hackett, Hackett trashed him. Yeah, he goes. He goes out in in 2018. He makes the playoffs. He shits all over the Vikings and says they're not any good. Kirk Cousins, what does he do? Go out there and tears him up and and beats him at home in New Orleans. Comes to Detroit this year against his old player. Yeah, against his old coach or assistant coach and, yep. and Dan Campbell. And what happened? Gets the Lions slapped beat. around. Gets slapped around. And you know what? You get rid of Ezra Evero. What what's your Defense ranked right now thirtieth. And what did they give up? How many points did they give up against Miami? Seventy. Like like and and he he gets rid of Ezra Everell. This is all karma yes. getting Sean Payton at this point. I am fully and I'm here for it. 
Yeah. I'm here for it. I can't stand the man. Yeah. I can't. And and like I I, I literally can't. Like I I'm yeah. so happy to see him struggling and to watch the meltdown on the sidelines. Yeah. The level of which like like to be honest, this this is on the level of being some Urban Meyer shit at this point. But, yes, I was just about to say that. It, it's so arrogant. It's it's arrogant. Coach finally gets his just dessert, you know, and that's what it is. And 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 now that 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 karma is biting him, I I believe Sean Payton is he's going to go into the draft and he's going to go and get his quarterback and he's going to try and and do something. And man, I hope it doesn't work out for him. I really don't. And he's got to fix that defense, and he doesn't know the first thing about it. He doesn't know what to do. And you know what he it, it shows how little like. He's almost, to be honest, it's kind of par for the course. Look, look at Dan Campbell's situation. Dan Campbell is the kind of guy that'll make you run through a wall, right? Yeah. He's a, he's a great talker. And he'll run there with you, right? But but when it comes to knowing the X's and O's and knowing the game, yeah, he gets bailed out by Ben Johnson. He gets bailed out. Now you look over at at the the uh, the situation with the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. The Saints, what did they have? What do they have? Really, uh, they have a good defense. And who's yeah. the guy that's running the show over there? Dennis Allen, right? Yeah. The, the former defensive coordinator. And now you look and and you, when Sean Payton was there, New Orleans had a good defense. Yeah. And then you go over. He goes over to to the, the Broncos here, gets rid of his defensive coordinator. You hope he doesn't have Dennis Allen over there. And now what? Thirtieth ranked defense, thirty second against the run. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's all borne out. Yeah, and and it, this is very similar to Dan Campbell, where where I believe Sean Payton. I don't think he's a good head coach. I think he that. he got lucky. I was saying this with a friend of mine, uh, shout out Walker, uh, yesterday, and and I said I would much rather have Dan Campbell yelling at me on the sideline, like Wilson was getting yelled at, yeah, than than uh, uh, Sean Payton yelling at me like that, yeah. Because oh, brother, at least if Dan Campbell's yelling at me, okay. Yeah. Right. Right. Because he's played the game. Right. Right. I, I have a little bit more respect for that. Yeah. But if you're talking to me like that and you're Sean Payton and brother, we haven't seen it. What have what have you done? And and I think there's there's a significant difference with the way that Dan Campbell gets in guys faces. And yeah. and, and yeah. it's 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 more of a you know better than that type yeah. of thing. Whereas Sean Payton is just yeah, berating. It's, it. it's more respectful. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Sean Payton looks like an insolent, you yeah. know, jackass yeah, out there yeah. like you i don't know about anybody else i'm only gonna let you talk to me a certain way for so long if i right. was in raw i don't know you'd be liable to get your ass whooped at that point. right <laughs> right i mean that's, that's hey, russell wasn't yeah. a christian yeah R- russell <laughs> russell be pulling his helmet off and giving him the old miles garrett treatment you know like so i mean i, I don't know but uh, if russ Wilson does leave the broncos who knows where he's gonna end up there's been rumors swirling that that you know he could wind up uh, and i hope not but he could wind up in minnesota he could wind up in in a, several places have been uh talking about the possibility of the the raiders have been talking about him that a lot of places are talking about Russ. starter money or backup money and that's the question i'm giving you backup money yeah i'll, I'll give you 20 yeah, I'll I, give you twenty. I yeah. I ain't about to to fork over forty. Well, I mean, you because you cooked so well in Denver over these last two years. Right. Yeah, he baked turnovers. Hey, That's what he yeah, did. exactly. <laughs> so, but that that is a thing. And then last but not least, the the, the news that that uh, well, I thought was kind of interesting, and it, it popped up on my feed. I want to talk about it. Jim Harbaugh receives a ten year, 
$125 million offer from the University of Michigan with a clause in the deal that it has a no NFL rule for at least the 2024 season. Oh. Ah. The school has offered a shorter $11 million deal. The NFL, however, would not protect him from any sort of suspension imposed by the NCAA. And they would likely impose the suspension as they did on Jim Tressel several years ago during the Ohio State, you know, tattoo scandal and all that nonsense. Yeah. So it, it, it pale in comparison. Right. It's it's kind of interesting to that that this is a thing, right? This it's kind of they're it, basically holding them hostage, holding them, holding them. They got it. They got them over the waterfall with a barrel, essentially. It's it's in one year. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, it's interesting to me though that that the NFL will uphold that suspension. I I that's the first time I've ever heard of that. I didn't realize it happened with Jim Tressel when he went to the NFL. Yeah, and, because they're thinking they they could escape. Right. Right. And, and, and because coaches had done that before. Right. Right. Oh, well, fuck it. I'm going to the league. Yeah. And, they yeah, knew yeah. like Pete Carroll with USC. Yeah. Right. That's that deal. He knew the heat was coming. He got out of there, right? And what happened to USC after that? Exactly, exactly. So I mean, it's it, it's an interesting situation. But he has been courted by by a few teams reportedly. We'll we'll see. I hear there's a lot of interest in the uh, in the uh, Bears job <clears throat> is is what yeah. the the most uh, common thing that I'm hearing uh, that that has been trotted out there in the news yeah. is the Bears. This this is the what it sounds like to me is the last ditch effort from michigan to win one more for the to try to win one because i don't think it's happening not against bama no not this year yeah so if you can't go to the nfl quote unquote with this clause for at least the 2024 season that means we got you for one more year and we could try to get this thing done next year with all the upheaval with yeah with the conference realignment and transfer portal this is the one thing we could try to get you one one more time, one more shot at this thing. Yeah, that's what it reeks of to me. Yeah, and and you know what, I, I agree with you. I think Alabama is going to wind up just wiping the floor with Michigan. To be honest with you, I, I as soon as I saw it was it was yeah. Michigan Alabama, it was like okay, so yeah. this is this is going to be Alabama. Yeah, you know, prison sex. You know, I tell you what, no lube, every Our, hole, in an order that would surprise you. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> with a, a razor-lined dildo. Ugh. Yeah. Harbaugh is now, he's replaceable because what I've seen from Sharon Moore. Oh, yeah. Coaching multiple games without, without Harbaugh. A, and able right? to handle it. Able to handle it in games where there were a, a cupcake. Yep. Beat a cupcake, and then they beat Ohio State. Yeah. Without him. With yeah. Sharon Moore at the helm. So, yeah. I'm good with that. Yeah. Now, uh, moving on to our picks, that's our news around the league. Moving on to our picks, uh, we're in week 17 of the NFL. Uh, the Thursday night game already took place. We all took the Browns in that game, and we were all correct. Uh, <laughs> uh, Every time, it's just... Beating them with the <laughs> ugly face. Uh, uh, Joe Flacco. got that dog in you. Here. And, uh, but, yeah, the Browns get the W, 37-20. to 20. Moving on to the uh, the next games, um, we we got we actually have one tonight too. So as it currently stands, uh, Alex has taken the lead in the picks by one. Alex had himself a hell of a week. Uh, Alex is sitting at one forty five ninety five and zero. I'm sitting at one forty four ninety six and zero. Boots sitting at one forty two ninety eight and zero. 
So uh, Boots trailing a little bit, but still fight. So here we are. Long season. Right uh, yeah, we got we got mm-hmm. weeks of this, and then we got the playoffs, and we we take this thing all the way to the Super Bowl. So we got, yeah. we got plenty of time, plenty of games, plenty going on. So uh, with that, here are our predictions for Week 17 in the NFL, starting out with the Lions and the Cowboys today. Look, guys, um, the Lions have a terrible secondary. Yep. The Cowboys are throwing the ball well. Yep. Give me the Lions. And the reason I'm taking the Lions here is there's one thing that the Dallas Cowboys cannot do. They can't stop the run. And uh, I think you're going to see David Montgomery and you're going to see Jameer Gibbs. You're going to see the Lions really trying to control the time of possession in this game. And that's it's going to be old school, grinded out football. The Cowboys are going to have to score fast and they're going to have to score quick. And and they're going to have to get on the board. The Lions are going to hold that ball as long as they can. And they're not going to allow the Cowboys to do anything. I'm taking the Lions here. So here's the deal, kids. Early on in the season, we talked all year. This is the game where where it's truly nut-cutting time. It's one... It's a you know a flagship franchise in the NFL, and they have you know they still have that vaunted defense, yeah. you know. Even but but what did we say when when they uh, when Dallas is susceptible to the run? Yeah, and we saw you know, it against Buffalo. That's the yep. thing we saw it against Buffalo. That that's just- that's the game we let we sat there and we got you know what Buffalo ran the ball all over Dallas, so. There, there's the weak spot in the armor. Now the over on, now the line on this game, Dallas is favored by five and a half, which is insane, and the over under is fifty two and a half. So if actually, if you actually, I'm changing my pick. Oh, <laughs> I'm going Dallas. Whoa! Ah, all so, I hey. all I needed to hear was that. That's all I needed to hear. Was was the line? That's all. Oh, I and and That's it, huh? the reason I say that is last two nights ago it was at almost seven, going favor of Dallas, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Then it dropped down to four. Now it's up to five and a half. Give me down. Wow. That's it, huh? Yep. That that's what could. Be. It, it's a t- it's a tough spot it's, to be in. It's a tough matchup because, you know, it's going to be the Dallas pass game against the Lions run game. That's what it's going yes. to want to be in. Dallas, Dallas can't stop the run. Lions can't stop the pass. It'll be tight because of the fact that the Lions are going to try and possess the ball, but they sure as hell ain't stopping C.D. Lamb, especially with Cam Sutton possibly being out in this game. Mm. You know, it's, That's and, a problem. And the line fell, and I, I was like, man, it, it might be a Lions game. You know, they, the, when the line fell to four, I was like, maybe they're seeing something I'm not. But now I see the line expanding again, and I'm like, give me Dallas. You know, and okay. and and uh, look, the Lions, it's like you were saying, Alex, this is, this is kind of the game. This is kind of the game where we're going to find out if the Lions are the real deal. Um, mm-hmm. and, and maybe they are, maybe they're not. We're going to find out. We're going to find okay. out. If they are that fool's gold, I've been saying all year that they are. No. All this right. is this this is the game. This is the game to prove yourself. Yeah. And it's at home in prime time in Dallas. All right. So, <sighs> I'm I'm 
<laughs> I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the D. I'm gonna pick the Detroit Lions. The, the defense, by the way, or the, the team at home right now, the, the, the Cowboys, 15 straight at home. Yep. No, I, it's 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 going to be an uphill battle. Here's my here's here's the two points I'm going to make. One, Dak Prescott, I feel is well, Tony Pollard and Dak Prescott are the two weaker links on the team. Yes. If the defense, if the rush defense can get to Dak Prescott and get him to make mistakes, which I don't know if they will or not. They can't get home. You know, they haven't been really good on the sack. You know, Aiden Hutchinson's been a beast, but he's the only guy that's worth anything. But if Dak Prescott can get pressured by this defense, he can make mistakes and cause, you know, Olin Fonwu and some of the other defenders to come up with plays. And and the, the other big thing is Dak Prescott in nut-cutting time has always proven to be a choke artist. It happened with the Niners last year. It happened in certain points in the season this year. So that's why I'm picking the Detroit Lions. I mean, the offense can keep up. But, you know, but Jared Goff has to play mistake-free football. The run game has to be completely solid because Dallas can't stop the run. And... I just something just tells me that when it comes to nut cutting time, the, the Cowboys have notoriously folded. So give me the Lions. It's gonna be tight. Yeah. I like this matchup for Jameer Gibbs, obviously, and David Montgomery. Uh, the Cowboys are gonna be able to run it against the Lions. So when they when they're gonna need to be able to run clock. They're not going to be able to. No. When they when they when they're going to need it, they're not going to be able to get it. And the Lions are playing a better brand of football. There's only been one time this season where it became a SOL moment, right? Where they succumbed to the SOL moment. Yeah. And that was against the Bears. This is a different Lions team, a different Lions mentality. Let's go, Detroit. Ooh. Mm. Well, I'm the cheese that stands alone. Um, it might it might propel you into the lead. Yeah, well, and that's kind of what I'm hoping. It's it's going to be a, a tough game. It's going to be a, one of those games where, like you said, that the Cowboys are going to have to try and figure out a way to possess the ball. Yeah. And and the Lions, they know that Dallas is going to be giving up a lot on the run. And I do, I agree. I think this, this is a better matchup for Gibbs than it is for Montgomery. Yeah. Gibbs being the scat back, the guy that's going to be coming out of the backfield, making those catches. If you looked at what James Cook did yeah. with Buffalo, yeah. a lot of passes out of the backfield. Yeah. He had, what, 250 yards from scrimmage, some ridiculous number. You know, Must, must start and A-chain. Yep. Same, yep. Yep, same thing. So, I mean, you, you got to see it coming. And, and I think Dallas kind of clamped down a little bit on those guys, but I don't know that it, it's going to happen – Against Detroit, right? You know, now you got to do a back to back. Yeah, you got to do a back to back, and you know, you get you had an injured Tyreek, you had no Jalen Waddle. Now you got Amon Ross St. Brown coming to town. Yeah, and you got Sam Laporta coming to town. Yeah, and you're gonna if you're playing zone and Jameson Williams. Let's not let's not discount. He may make a big play that mm-hmm. will 
that will impact the game in a way that Dallas didn't think he'd be able to do. In a, in a method that might surprise you. Yeah. Jamison Williams. And do not, Jared Goff, do not throw a lazy pass to the outside because Deron Bland will sit on the route every time and will come after you. Yep. Uh, Jamison Williams, by the way. Yeah. He's still Jamison Butterfingers Williams. I don't know. He is he is no different than those, Johnny Butterfingers Morton. That's those, what he is. Those those paper cuts have healed from oh. all that from all that cash count. I guess. <laughs> uh, what from betting on games? Yeah. But anyway, uh, next up, the the Titans and the Texans. Look, the Titans are are bad. The Texans. They, they got C.J. Stroud coming back. You got Nico Collins coming back. You got all these guys coming back. Give me the Texans. I think the Texans are going to keep this thing alive. You're going to see that Colts-Texan game get kicked out to the last game of the year, which will be fun. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Give me the Houston Texans. So, yeah, I agree that the Texans will take this game. Here's my question. Is Will Anderson going to be okay? Because he's questionable right now. But if they get to a point at game time where he's good to go, then game over. Uh, you know, Titans might as well just pack it in. You know, uh, but, you know, CJ Stroud's coming back and then you got you know, these players coming back at the right time. This, this, is the, this is the opportunity for Texans to make, the, for the Texans to make that last push to win the AFC South and host a playoff game after being the dumpster fire team they were last year. Give me the Texans. Yeah, this is a game where Houston has everything to gain, and the Tennessee Titans don't have anything to gain. So, with that being said, better defense at home and better quarterback. Give me Houston. Yeah, that makes sense. Next up, Falcons and the Bears. Uh, They're in Soldier Field. You know, the Bears have been weirdly hot late. I don't understand. They've, They've just been, you know, beating on teams. Falcons are trying to make that last push. Uh, you know, I the Falcons, they're they're not eliminated. They're they're still battling it out with the Saints. The Saints are seven and eight. The Falcons are seven and eight. The Packers are seven and eight. The Vikings are seven and eight. And the Bears are still in the in the mix here. Weirdly in the mix here, being fourth in the NFC North. But they're still in the mix. I mean, mathematically, they're not eliminated. Currently, they have a 1% chance of making the playoffs. Um, The Falcons have a 10% chance of making the playoffs. I mean, it's it's weird. It's become a weird situation over there. Um, I'm going to take the Bears here. I, I don't trust the Arthur Smith system. Give me the Bears. Okay, well, let me go ahead and add uh, one more sprinkling uh, to this salad, uh, this tater salad, if you will. Again, this could be a who, again, this sounds like another who cares game. I mean, the Falcons have the division to play for. That's the only difference. But the line, with the line, Chicago is favored by three. So in that instance, and because of the fact that you know, you got Bijan, you got Tyler Algier. You know, the, the the Falcons are coming up to a to a cold area. It's it's an outdoors. Whew, man, Boston Fields and the Bears. You know, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the fly in the ointment here. I'm gonna be the uh, uh, the mold on the piece of bread. I'm going with the Falcons 
the Bears will find a way to screw this up, and Bijan's going to run all over the place, and you know that they will mathematically eliminate the Chicago Bears in the playoffs. I like that sound reasoning, uh, Alex, but I don't try. This screams trap game. Who the Falcons got next week? Falcons the, next the, week. The Falcons next week are playing the New Orleans Saints in Ooh. New Orleans. Ooh. So the Falcons don't have any more home games. No this. more home games. And, and they're looking at that next week's game being there, you know, hey, this is our final chance, I believe. But but this could get interesting now because and and I'm gonna I, I'm I'm not gonna I, I just wanna point out the Saints and Bucks are playing this week. Yeah. So say the Saints were to go out and beat the Buccaneers. Yeah. Now we got Saints at eight and eight, the Bucks at eight and eight, and then let's say the Falcons win. Yeah. Now we got the Falcons at eight. And they are gonna need it. Yeah. And and then the Saints. So then next week it would it would almost come down to Saints and Falcons, uh, maybe for the division. Winner makes it. Yeah. Maybe for the division, depending on what depending on what happens with with the Buccaneers and and the Bucks next week. You're you're looking at uh, who do they have next week? I'm sorry, I'm just scrolling. The the bucket. The Buccaneers have the Panthers next week in Carolina. Situation. Yeah. This this could get interesting. And the Real quick. To play spoiler next week. Yeah. <laughs> very interesting. <laughs> oh my gosh. But with with that being how how would it feel to be like in firm control of your destiny and first place in the division, only to get bounced from the playoff conversation in the division by the worst team in football? And it, no, if they, Ugh, Todd Bowles gets fired after that. If that's the case. If they lose, the Buccaneers wind up with a 67% chance to still make the playoffs. The problem that you have here is that you've you've really got the Saints and Falcons. I, I to be honest, I think if they're if the Saints say they beat the Bucks this week, right? Yeah. And let's say the Falcons win, the Falcons jump up to 16% to make the playoffs, but you still have that eight and eight tie. So so let's say the Falcons go out and they win their game. The Falcons basically gotta win out. Yeah. But if the Falcons go and win out, they could win the division. The Saints have already lost to the Falcons. Right. Earlier. Um I again knowing knowing the Bears and knowing what they're capable of when a team looks past them right. like I believe Atlanta is going to do. Yep. Because Atlanta just won a big game and they're it's in the look ahead spot on the road outdoors. I don't trust Taylor Heineke and the rest of the offense. I don't trust Arthur Smith to run a, a, a capable offensive game plan. Right. Give me the Bears. Yeah, taking the Bears. Yeah. Uh, next up, Dolphins and Ravens. Look, uh, no Jalen Waddle on the field. Bad news. I think the, the Dolphins will – they're going to fight. But I'm going to put it out. The Dolphins are going to fight. But this Ravens team is playing some of the most sound football I've seen in a long time. Give me the Ravens. This really sets up an interesting divisional matchup with the Bills next week. Yep. You know, it, it Dolphin, Dolphin, it's basically Dolphins-Bills for all the marbles. Yeah. You know, and uh, and look, and if the Bills win against the Patriots this week, which they're at home as well, then, then we could very well see Dolphins Bills be for the AFC East and possible num- number two seed. That could be so. 
that gets kicked out to, yeah. to Sunday night. You know, that'd be, that'd be another another one. So uh, uh, another one. So <laughs> here's the deal. Here's the deal, though. So so here's the deal, kids. Um, I'm also gonna go with the Ravens again. That defense, though. And yeah. Lamar Jackson playing the best football of his career, the most controlled football of his career. He's, he's throwing the ball as much as he's running the ball. They're allowing him to use his talents while turning him into an actual NFL quarterback. So, you know, Ra- Ravens, it's going to be close. I, th- this is, And what you just said there is, is absolutely right. Lamar playing the most controlled football of his career. That's dangerous. He has, he has become 10 times more dangerous than the Todd Mocken system. I can't speak any more positively about how Todd Monken has reeled him in. And he's been playing controlled, strong football. This is this has been the best football I've seen him play. It's been outstanding. I can see that. I can also see this as being a come-down game. From that, mm. that four-players yeah. win, yeah. Yeah. It is mm. a big time come down game, and the Dolphins are in a it, they're in a good spot to to uh, pull the upset. Yeah, they are. They're in a really good spot to pull the upset because Baltimore could be in the look ahead spot because they're at home next week. And if if the Finns win here, they basically get the division. Possibly, but they still lost to the Bills earlier yeah, in the season. So that's that's going to loom big. I don't know. The Dolphins defense has played a lot better with Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard. I don't see I don't see it. Uh, this same Lamar Jackson team played the Miami Dolphins last year. Had to, had to try to come, and the Dolphins came back and beat them. Yep. So this is a this is a referendum game for for Lamar. I'm gonna buy a buy a buy a feather, buy a feather. Let's <laughs> uh, go. to go with the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, uh, look at you! You you got me all worked up. I was all excited typing out Dolphins on there. No, no. <laughs> Yes. Okay. This is it. You showed me something last week. Show it. Do it again. And if the Dolphins were to win this week, they would clinch the AFC East due to their overall record. And they will not. So we fly high. Caw, caw! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the animal noises on this fucking show. <laughs> I, I was hoping that you would say the Dolphins were so we get the Dolphins. Oh, okay. I, I already gave you that earlier in the show, so maybe. Brett, fucking SeaWorld. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, the Saints and the Bucks. We talked about this one a little earlier. There's a lot of playoff implications leading into the NFC South stuff. You know, with the Saints, the Bucks, the Pan- even the Panthers now getting yeah. involved, able to possibly play spoiler next week. This could get fun. Uh, you know what? I, Saints and Bucks, it's going to be an entertaining game. But one thing I want to point out is Derek Carr and Baker Mayfield are playing the best football they've played all year. It's going to be a duel. I'm going with the Buccaneers, though. I really do think that Baker Mayfield has been completely under control. Uh, he's been handling business. Give me the Bucks. I, I'm, I'm going to go with the Buccaneers as well because I have to, I'm going to disagree with you on one point. Derek Carr was supposed to have a career resurgence, and he has not. 
Well, he hasn't, you know? and, but this so as it currently stands within mm-hmm. the last five six games, Derek Carr has been playing good football in the last last couple of games, in spite of the Saints losing in certain situations. Derek Carr's numbers have been rock solid. Yeah, can't deny that. Okay. Yeah, he definitely, but you know, definitely hasn't had the career we thought he was going to have. No, no. I, I'm, it's a home game and it's a division game, and the Buccaneers—they don't want to let this opportunity slip between their fingers. Give me the Buccaneers. You, you can't let this uh, slip between your fingers, or anywhere else for that matter. Alvin Kamara's got to get going. Yep, need. Chris Olave to continue to play at the high level he's been playing. Yep. And you need Derek Carr to increase his level of productivity. Yeah. This is your last shot, bro. They need it. They need it. Baker Mayfield coming off with some fantastic wins, fantastic performances. The Saints off of a 10 days rest. The Bucks feeling like world beaters. I think they run into a problem. Give me the Saints. Woo-hoo, I love it. I love it. Next up, Patriots and the Bills. Look, I, I believe that there's a showdown looming between the Bills and the Dolphins for the division title at the AFC East. And I think this sets it all up. Give me the Bills. I think the, the Patriots are cooked. I think that Bill Belichick is going to be going bye-bye after this year. And uh, I think he kind of, to be frank with you, I think Billy Belly kind of doesn't give a fuck. Uh, I think he's ready to go home. Give me the bills. Yep. Yeah. yeah, go get, go go prep the couch. You know, not just go home for the season, but for his career. And yeah. the, the Bills do need to be cautious to not look past their division rivals here in the Patriots. Because, again, it is a division game. And you are in Buffalo. You're at home. The expectation is to win. And the expectation among the Bills Mafia is to set up that Dolphins, that, that showdown in Miami in the heat. So give me the Bills, but th- it's possible that this could be a trap game. It's possible. It is. Bailey Zappi has actually been playing weirdly decent. Um, weirdly yeah. accurate throws by them. I was watching it during that game they had against Denver. Well, and, and against Kansas City. Well, when, you're, when your head coach isn't playing mind games with you, right. you might be able to succeed <laughs> a little bit, right? And find some success. Right. Um, here's the thing. This, I, I like where, you, where your head is, Alex, with, with thinking about the game. I don't see it as a trap game because it's a team that they know. It's a team they've prepared for. Yep. And it's a team... Here's the thing. The offense is now different this time around for Buffalo that New England now has to make the adjustment on the road and on the fly. Yep. Whereas Baltimore, has, they're now, they've hit a groove and they know what they're doing. Testify. Better quarterback at home, better defense, giving Buffalo. There you go. Next up, Cardinals and Eagles. Uh, you know, I... Look, I'm going to just say this is going to be Eagles all day. I think, uh, you know, even though the Eagles' defense has been terrible, their offense is just finding their their rhythm here. This is the Eagles' division to lose, okay? Yes. But uh, I don't think they're going to lose it. Give me the Eagles. You know what? I'm going to be that dick. (laughs) All right? Listen. (laughs) My professional head agrees with everything you just said, Scott. I mean, 
the Eagles should win this game. Uh, I'm just I'm just going to play, you know, I'm going to play devil's advocate to get here to try to take the lead in the pickums. That's the only reason I'm doing this. I'm going with the Arizona Cardinals because the Eagles defense is so bad. And Kyler Murray, you know, he's a he's still a very mobile quarterback, although I don't know what the heck you're doing playing him in the first place. And, you know, the Cardinals are an organizational failure on, you know, they're coughing on roller skates. Let's be fair. But I think the Eagles, you know, they have the softest schedule for the last two games of the season. They're already in the playoffs. They already think they're the bee's knees. You know, they can't afford. The Eagles cannot afford to look past the Cardinals and then their division rival in the New York football giants, especially since that game is on the road. So I'm, 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 I'm being, I'm just being a dick by picking the Cardinals here and trying to get a lead in the pickums. Although I'm almost positive. I may, I'm making the wrong choice, but screw it. It's second to last game of the year. Got to do something. <laughs> well, here's the thing. The NFL schedule did the uh, Arizona Cardinals zero favors here. You've got back-to-back weeks where they have to go West Coast, East Coast. Uh, last week was a late kick. This week is an early kick. So now you've messed with the teams. Play clock, uh, the, uh, the your, your body clocks readjusting. Now they have to adjust again. You've got an uh, illness to Kyler Murray. He uh, missed a little bit of practice. Right. And, and uh, again, organizational failure because you've got a bad organization against a really good organization. And you've got the better quarterback playing at home, everything on the line. Give me the Eagles. Yeah. We fly high. Uh, Next up, Panthers and Jags. Uh, Look, Panthers are a disaster. The Jags, uh, I think they're going to be fighting for their lives. They're taking on a bad Panthers defense. Young coming off the best game of his career. But I believe the Jags have this one under control. Give me the Jags, C.J. Bethard to get it done. Not so fast, my friend. It's because of that very statement. The Jaguars are fighting for their lives, the division lives. Here's the problem. The Texans are nipping at their heels. You know, everybody's discounting the Panthers. Uh, You know, I'm going to go. I'm going to do it. I'm going to pick the Carolina Panthers because C.J. Bethard's starting. Yeah, listen. It's not. It's not that the Jaguars are going to mollywop the Panthers. They're not, and neither are the Panthers going to mollywop the Jaguars. It's just going to be a back and forth. This will come down to a field goal. Bryce Young, in his leadership role, will find a way to get the Panthers in field goal range and kick the game winner in Florida to stun. And you know, the, Lord knows they need to knock the, the Bears down as many pegs as they can, because the, the more they win. The less less likely they'll they'll be able to sacrifice the number one pick to the Bears. So, who knows? Stick one stick one to Chicago, win one for the team. Go yeah. Panthers! There you go. Um, that's a very good pick, Alex. When you look at C.J. Bathard coming out of uh, University of Iowa, he has never had real success outside of uh, the stint that he had in uh, San Francisco. Right for those few games. He's not the backup quarterback that you need in this situation. He's, he's the backup quarter that you just have in this situation. Bryce Young, 
played for the first time all year like what we saw all season at Alabama. And he looked like he was ready to beat the Packers. All he needed was two more seconds. They have beaten the Green Bay Packers. I think he gets those two seconds. Give me the Panthers. Ooh, 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 ooh. There you go. Uh, next up, Raiders and the Colts. Uh, look, so I'm looking at the uh, the playoff picture here. Colts are eight and seven. Um, Colts have a showdown with the Texans next week. This this one gets interesting, quick, fast, and in a hurry. Both teams need to win. Uh, you know, in order for that division to be on the line. Uh, you know what? The Raiders could play spoiler here. But I have a feeling that the Colts are going to hold them at bay and get it done. Give me the Colts over the Raiders. And, uh, yeah, I, I think we're, we're setting up for a showdown with the Texans next week. Yeah, I feel differently. I mean, it's going to probably be a close-fought game. But the Raiders are coming off of beating the Super Bowl champions with all of their starters, mind you, uh, and a lot more te- and, and a handful of teams have started to do that now. The Chiefs are reeling, and the Raiders are galvanized, and that's why the Raiders are going to beat the Colts. You know, they got rid they got rid of Josh McDaniels, and what happened? You know, they, their season started to turn around a little bit. They're not world beaters by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm 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 kind of sort of rooting for the Raiders to win the AFC West, just to stick it to Crybaby Mahomes. I'm starting to call him that because he's bitching on the sidelines, he's bitching out the refs, he's not looking at himself in the mirror and going, "Okay, I'm Patrick Mahomes the second. I need to play like Patrick Mahomes the second. And the Raiders, you know, they they they, sh- they you know, they they did something to him. So. Give me, give me the Raiders over the Colts. Hmm. Now, looking at this game, one perspective, the Raiders got the Christmas gift of a lifetime. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Miracle on 34th Street. <laughs> right? The miracle of Airhead. They look, miracle on Las Vegas Boulevard. Right? And, 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 they, and they looked wonderful last <clears> week. <throat> However, now they have to go on the road. Again, West Coast, East Coast, early Mm -hmm. kick. And what we did not talk about earlier, Michael Pittman Jr., wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts, looks like he'll be playing this week, which he was not playing last week against the Colts, Mm -hmm. against the Falcons. So, with that being said, the offense now gets expanded. It gets stronger. They know what they have to do. This is not a look-ahead spot for the Colts, who lost last week. They're back to being who they are. The really good defense that they have, it is better than the Raiders at home. Give me the Colts. There you go. There you go. Uh, next up, Rams and Giants. This is a red-hot Matt Stafford. This Rams team is is on fire right now, and they want that playoff berth. Yeah. Give me the Rams. Yeah. Rams, I mean, the, the Giants are pretty much cooked. Tyrod Taylor might make it interesting, but Matthew Stafford will not be denied. And we're really looking forward. I'm really looking forward personally to that 49ers-Rams matchup next week. That's probably going to place, you know, it'll have huge, it'll have implications on the number one seat. You know, more, you know, it, also, it does. 
And also, uh, uh, look out for Kyren Williams in this game. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So if the, if the Rams, or excuse me, if the Giants were a better team overall, <laughs> I would say this is a trap game. Yeah. You got a West Coast team traveling East Coast, early kick, everything on the line. If the Giants were a better team, you'd have a different conversation. I would have a different, yeah, yeah. exactly. But they are not. They're done. Give me the Rams. Yeah, that's it. Uh, next up, Niners and Commanders. Look, uh, this is going to be a beating of epic proportions. I don't care if it's West Coast to East Coast. I, I don't care. This is going to be Christian McCaffrey saying, up yours. This yeah. is going to be Brock Purdy. This is this is kind of a good situation for the Niners. Is a Great get, situation. Yeah, get right game for them, right? Yeah. Against a bad Commanders defense. You got this potential Jacoby Brissett situation going on. Yeah. Niners are just going to mollywop them. This is going to yeah. be a beating of a lifetime giving the Niners. Yeah. Yep. I mean, this is Chase Young basically going, okay, this is what happened. This is the result of you trading me. I'm going to go. I'm going to get all up in your quarterback's face now. Yes. Uh, give me the Niners. Huge. Oh, yeah. Oh, you don't, you're not wearing a non-contact jersey? <laughs> oh, I'm gonna beat the hell out of yeah, you today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still red. Give me the forty-one. Yeah, all day, all day. This uh, is a bounce back game. Flat yeah, out. yeah. Uh, next up, Steelers and Seahawks. Uh, look, the, the Steelers have been playing some weirdly good defense. They have this weird thing going on where they they win strange games. The Steelers do. Right now, they're eight and seven. The Bengals are eight and seven. Uh, you, you've got, you know. It's become interesting for them. The, the Browns are already in the playoffs at 11-5. and five. The Ravens are in the playoffs. Do you see a third team making it? Frankly, I don't. Um, I think that this team is in for a loss this week, and I'm going to go say, hey, give it the Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks right now also, by the way, they are currently the seventh seed in the playoffs, but also at 8-7. Eight, eight but, you know, this is, you know, better quarter back at home better coach more potent <sighs> give me the Seahawks not so fast so this is an East Coast team traveling to the West Coast and it's a three hour time difference yeah. so a four o'clock kick on our side means a one o'clock kick on their end well Steelers are used to playing at one o'clock in the afternoon uh, plus I, the, the Steelers have historically found a way, regardless of situation, to find themselves somehow in the playoffs. I mean, Geno Smith and his receiver core will give the Steelers fits. But at the end of the day, just something just tells me that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to upset this team. Give me the Steelers. Yeah, we find everything that Alex just said and put it on my spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you guys! I love I loved everything you just said, Steelers. You guys have been sold on the Steelers all year. I don't understand it. Well, <laughs> what, what's been happening? <laughs> They've been winning. Mike, Mike, Tom, Mike, Tom. Uh, I got questions. Got questions. Mm -hmm. yeah, I hope, for their sake, I hope so. <laughs> uh, next up, Bengals and the Chiefs. Look, the Bengals came back down, crashing back third last week. Jake Browning came crashing back there. The Chiefs are in a position where, Alex, you were saying it earlier, I'm gonna, and now Patty Mahomes is looking in the mirror going, I'm fucking Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. 
I think he's pissed. Mm. I think he's had enough. Mm-hmm. And I think the Bengals are in for a lashing Talk right now. Him. This is going to be a beating. Patrick Mahomes is going to get pissed. And when Patrick Mahomes get, gets pissed, and, and we've seen these moments, these are these moments like Alex, you and I used to play Madden online, right? Yeah. Whenever I got beat, I'd come back and say, I'm just going to trounce you. <laughs> and I would come back and I would just go off, right? Mm-hmm. Same same way with when Tyler was playing. He beat Tyler. Tyler come back, he'd go off. He'd be pissed. This is going to be a Patrick Mahomes-led Kansas City team playing pissed against a Bengals team that is reeling from a difficult loss. Give me the Chiefs. Yeah, and you know, I'm, I'm going to say it's the... Hmm? The Chiefs need it. And if they yes. win, they get in the playoffs. It's winning in. Give me the Chiefs. Yeah, that, that's that's exactly it. The Chiefs need it. You know, and, and you know, we've seen consistently that when it comes to nut cutting time, that Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs have been have always been able to pull it out. This is no different. I mean, I'm kind of rooting for the Bengals here just because I'm rooting for the Raiders, but my my heart and my brain are both telling me, you know, the Chiefs are gonna win this game. And they're gonna win the division. All will be right in Arrowhead. The, the possibility will exist that the AFC title game will be a road game. That'll be a good test. But give me the Chiefs today. Yeah. Hey. Uh, maybe potato just stay at home. <laughs> <laughs> just, just maybe for this one, right? Just, yeah. yeah. You know, hang out at the hotel. You know, get some room service, a bottle service. Just, just relax. Hang, yeah, right? go, take and you know what? Take Patty's old lady with you. Yeah. You know, y'all y'all go have a girls' day. Have a girls' yeah, day. Yeah, go have it up, right? Hit the spa, the this, the that. You know, have some charcuterie boards. Yeah, just chill. Just stay away from the stadium. Yeah, because we need Travis Kelsey to concentrate mm-hmm. on what needs to be done. Andy Reid, concentrate on what needs to be done. Patrick Mahomes the second concentrate on what needs to be done. And can we please just make sure that there's no fast food on the sideline? Well, we don't need and, and put Reed, and put Kadarius Tony there. <laughs> yep, Andy Reid don't need to be thinking about nuggies. Okay, <laughs> he doesn't need to be thinking about the cheeseburger thing uh-uh. at the at the, the White House. He uh-uh. doesn't need to be thinking about any of that. Uh uh-uh. uh, you focus on winning the football game, right? No bundles. <laughs> we don't need none of that. We don't need any bundles. We just need to win. Yeah. So let's go, Chief. Yeah, and and uh, and that's who I'll pick him by. Yeah, make make sure uh, Kelsey's jersey doesn't say Motto either. Yeah, if there was look, yeah. <laughs> if there was, if Joe Burrow was a quarterback, we might be having a different conversation. Yeah, I think but, so. Yes, yeah. that is true. Come on. Yep. Let's go. Yep. Come on, Chief. Time to wake up. Yep. Next up, you got the Chargers and the Broncos. The Broncos sitting in the 12 seed right now, as far as the AFC goes. They're they're hanging on by a thread, seven and eight. But here's the kicker: so Raiders are seven eight, Broncos are seven and eight, right? So that's the 12 and 11 seed. And then you look up and you go, okay, uh, well, the Chiefs are. If the Chiefs win, they clinch. So they'll they'll definitely be in the playoffs. But you know, Chargers are eliminated. It, it, this could get interesting. Uh, uh, this could get interesting quick. If the Steelers take a loss, if the Bengals take a loss, now the Broncos move up, and we've got a three-way tie at eight and eight. 
for, for the and, and but if the Texans win, you see the Texans go in. It it gets a little wonky here. It's going to yeah. get wild. There's an outside chance that the Broncos got a shot. There's an outside chance that the Raiders got a shot. They both got to win their respective games. They basically have to win out and get a little bit of help. Uh, you know what? I the Chargers are bad. I think the Broncos are having a hard time. We've seen Jared Stidham in the past. We've seen Easton Stick past. You know what? I, I can't believe I'm about to give me the Chargers. Ugh. Give me the Chargers. I think there is so much dissension. There is so much dissension in Denver right now. And and Easton Stick right now seems to be a lot more focused than anything that's going on in Denver right now. Yeah. Denver seems just like a, a, a shit show right now. Yeah. Give me the Chargers. I can't, I can't believe yeah. I said that. Give me the Chargers. Yes. Okay. So it's sound reasoning, and you're right. I mean, Denver is just—it's another dumpster fire. But here's here's—I got three words for you that will tell you where I'm leaning. Chargers gonna charger. Now, granted, Brandon Staley, the the source of this ire, has been fired, and now Easton Stick is no Justin Herbert. And Jared Stidham is no Russell Wilson. Something about this Broncos team, and they're at home. They'll find a way to look past the bullshit for one week. Or, the char- more accurately, the Chargers are going to find some way to screw it up. Give me the Broncos. Another issue that we speak on, Courtney Sutton. Uh, exhibit the uh, Broncos game against the Patriots. Uh, yeah, concussion. Yeah, and Jerry Judy is not that dude. Jerry Judy do not put him on duty because he can't get it done. So that's because he is duty. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Hey, With with that being said, I agree one hundred percent with everything you said, Scott, about the dissension, the all of the distractions, the. The, the, the all of the upheaval the, the bullshit yes yeah <laughs> yeah so Easton stick it to him let's go Chargers oh the Chargers yeah buddy and uh, last but not least last game of the week Packers Vikings Sunday night football uh, look this is this is an interesting game because now we're talking Jaron Hall versus Jordan Love. Uh, we got two quarterbacks. We got one quarterback where we don't know what we got it, mm-hmm. right? And we've got one quarterback where he's streaky. Yeah, he's very streaky. Yeah, you don't know what you're going to get out of Jordan Love week to week, and I don't know what the hell we're going to get out of Jaron Hall. Mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson is going to have to put this team on his back, mm-hmm. or Ty Chandler's going to have to put this game on his back. Okay. Mm-hmm. If the Vikings are to win this game, Packers have Aaron Jones fully healthy. Mm-hmm. It's hard to run on Minnesota, but the Vikings also have what is it, twelve injuries to starters? Mm-hmm. I, I you, you got you got a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble happening here. There's a lot of injuries. The Vikings did bring Anthony Barr up. Uh, it, it this screams the Vikings are going to get pounded here. It's what it, it's screaming. Um, give me the Packers. I got to take them. Trouble, trouble. <laughs> so I got three more words that that describes my feelings on this game. Bowling shoe ugly. 
Yeah. I mean, add another primetime Yule turd log to the to the wood chipper here, the wood pile, the wood fire pile. There's been a lot uh, of time turds this year, by the way. Yep. Prime a lot time. of primetime turds in the punch bowl. And this is another one. Uh, give give me the Packers for Jordan Love and for Aaron Jones. Yeah. I mean, the Vikings, it's a divisional game and it's at home with the Vikings. So it's not going to be, it's not going to be a pounding like you think it is, but Minnesota will find a way to screw it up. KOC will find a way to screw it up. Like he did with, like he did with Cincinnati, like he did with Detroit. Give me the Packers. Hmm. Okay. I understand everything you guys just said, and I agree with 99.9%. However, as Dave Foster would say, the Vikings have a better defense and at home than the Leeds. Packers need it too. Packers still have an outside shot, even with this loss, because of some other losses that I think are going to take place. So the Packers would still probably have an outside shot. Vikings still have an outside shot. We're putting it all on haul, baby. <laughs> I want the Viking switch. I just, I, I don't know. We've been it all on haul. Oh, Give God. me the Vikings. Skull, baby. Oh, Skull. We're going to bring in the new year. We're going to bring in 24 with a win, baby. Oh, we bring in 24 I, in with a win, baby. Look, look I, I hope so. Let's go. Back. I hope so. I, I, I hope they, that we can pull out a win, but at the same time. <laughs> It would be fun to see Greg Joseph kick the game-winning field goal as we're counting down the like three, two, one. It's good. Packers defense is stumbling right now. And no Jair Alexander. No Jair Alexander on top of that. Now they got to go on the road. New Year's Eve. How focused will they be? Right. Right. A lot of trouble. This has been a lot of December upheaval. It's been. Not the typical December for the Packers, right? And it's not going to end well. Give me Minnesota. Oh, boy. And those are our predictions for Week 17 in the NFL. No, 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 no. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But those are our... Okay, I, Spoilers, I guess. Uh, for for ah, week, ah. week 17 of the NFL. And, uh, folks, um, that's our show. Uh, before we get out of here, we got to give a shout-out to a few wonderful uh, sponsors, businesses, all that good stuff. First, let's talk about books. I ate cookies out of the trash. Mm. Boots, tell me about it. Wonderful book, wonderful book. You can't even burn it. <laughs> the book is so damn good. You can't burn it. I ate cookies out of the trash. Wonderful new author, Tammy Pruitt. Catch it on Amazon. Dot, only on the dot coms. You can't just walk into a store and ask for it. No, no, no. You order it online and you get your copy. You can actually have it on a Kindle and get that copy too. So read it like your life depends on it. Yep. Good stuff. I ate cookies Wonderful. out of the trash. Tammy's a great author. She's it, excellent. It reads like a conversation. It does. Right? And the, and the breath don't stink. So. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, let's also talk about some of these streaming channels. Uh, Steel Twins Gaming, brother, I was on your uh, your channel this week. It was a good, good time. Mm -hmm. uh, Alex, tell me what you got. So we're probably going to have some random streams every Wednesday night uh, leading up to uh, the Jericho Cruise. Uh, when we come back from the Jericho Cruise, Wednesday, January 31st, mark your calendars. Uh, we will be bringing you our latest voice acting project, 
the Ace, um, the Apollo Justice trilogy. You know, that whole deal is probably going to take ooh, a good six months out of the year, yeah. but it'll be totally worth it. Yep. You know, depending on how long these cases last, depending on how many cases there are over the three games. But yeah, it's going to be it's going to be special. Yeah, you you know, can't wait for it. You guys are jamming some Hogwarts Legacy this week. I was yes. thrilled. I had a great time with it um, and, and making my usual offhanded comments. There is a great time. Uh, yeah, just just completely out of pocket. It was out of control. We, uh, we may also bring back Wednesday Night Fights. I got the new Mortal Kombat game. You know, that might actually be the, the, the subject of Wednesday stream. My brother and I, we might just get on there and, you know, tussle it out a little bit. Now look, if I don't see a a you know a whole head get ripped off with the spine still attached, I'm not satisfied. Oh, <laughs> classic Sub Zero, baby. That's mm-hmm. what I give me a friendship, friendship, friendship again, friendship again. <laughs> um, and uh, also, uh, No Shot Bot TV, formerly known as Big Willie Dubs, game in No Shot Bot doing some cool stuff over there. Lots of Call of Duty going on. Our boy Will, he's going to be. Taking some, I, I think he's going to be taking a couple weeks off. Uh, I think he just just got a, a brand new house. Congratulations! Oh, to yeah. yeah, on the on the new on the new uh, congratulations. Yeah, on the new casa. But uh, hey, good good stuff. I hope he, uh, he gets moved in quick and he can get things rolling. But no shot bot TV man, super excited about that. He's been doing some great stuff. Check him out, Twitch, Facebook. You you can uh, find him. I, 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 there's one other platform he's on. I just got to think of them all. But tax. Yeah, he's he's is on the TikTok No Shot Bot TV, so you can see some of his clips. Uh, I I enjoy the TikToks, by the, way. Oh, the the funny clips on TikTok. Um, so you can check it out. Also, shout out to Patch Miracle Photography. Patch Miracle Photography, man. If you look at, in the Metro Detroit area, they are the best photographer around. If you're looking for baby pictures, if you're looking for mm. wedding pictures, mm. if you're looking for engagement photos, Hello. if you're looking for for uh, graduation pictures, if you're looking for uh, a sexy boudoir shoot for that special someone in your life, Ooh. folks, check it out. These guys are the best of the best. Any photos that you want, they can do them. Uh, so, yeah, check it out. Patch America Photography and all of their stuff. High quality pictures. These are some of the best photos I have ever gotten. Uh, wife and I, we, we got the, the baby's first birthday pictures for the twins. We got we got our wedding photos. We got, I, I mean, our engagement photos. We got the paternity photos. We did the whole thing. So, folks, check it out, uh, patchmiraclephotography.com. Also, hey, the uglier you are, the better they'll make you look. Absolutely. They, and they do. They made me look like a million dollars. So, <laughs> and Dirty green and wrinkles. Yeah, absolutely. And um, also, uh, FaceKickedApparel.com. FaceKickedApparel, our boy Sean Stockmeyer, his wonderful wife Lisa, doing some work over there, making all of your custom shirts, hats, hoodies, pants, you name it, you pick it, they stick it over at FaceKickedApparel.com. And boots, as per the norm. Uh, Get your face kicked in with savings. Hell yeah. And last but not least, the one and only, the OG. It's your time massage. IYTMassage.com. Amanda's a wonderful massage therapist. She does tremendous work. Swedish deep tissue, Swedish and deep tissue massages. Uh, CBD. She includes. We've got CBD oil. We got. We got paraffin wax. We got cupping. Ah, we got all that good stuff. So over at uh, It's Your Time Massage, check it out. IYTMassage.com, or you can check her out at It's Your Time Massage on Facebook. Book yourself an appointment and get yourself a massage and remember folks that's right get your time because one time i heard she uh she rubbed the lamp 
the genie didn't come out to give sleep. And he's so relaxed. So relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> and folks, that is our show. Uh, so um, next week, we're going to be jumping into uh, a little bit more of this playoff picture. It's going to really start shaping up week 18 around the corner. It's like a football holiday for us. All the playoff, lurking. Yeah, all the playoff implications. We got brisket lurking. I'm all excited to be cooking. <laughs> so we got we got all that going on. Uh, so, folks, thank you so much for listening. Next week, get ready, folks. It's it's going to be the big one for, for uh, all the playoff marbles here. So uh, with that, for Alex Steele. For uh, the bootleg better, I'm the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. You're probably talking about us because we're the only thing to talk about. Ciao and Happy New Year.